honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on the Paladino Live Network. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, PodMN, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once and always for joining me. It is a great pleasure to be on board with you today, talking Timberwolves basketball, as this will be the annual Granddaddy of the Mall, State of the Timberwolves, 2021. Now you'll notice there's no fun little sound bite right as I said that. Like normally I like to do that, have a little fun like da-da-da, you know, here we are. Well, I'm on a brand new laptop because the previous laptop uh, is either completely dead or is dead right now. It's uh, it's on life support. Uh, at least the hard drive, I think, I think it's the hard drive is the issue, most likely. Uh, it just, I was recording the Brave the Wild, the State of the Wild uh, episode, and I actually had already recorded uh, the first segment, which I'm doing right now in Timberwolves Explosion. This is the second attempt at it on a different computer now, the new laptop. Uh, and it, uh, well, that one was lost as well, at least most likely, uh, unless the thing comes back to life. But uh, at least the Brave the Wild was completely lost, the State of the Wild 2021, two-thirds of that show. Um, but they've been re-recorded already, and now, same thing with Timberwolves Explosion. I can't get to it if the computer can't start, so that's the situation. That's the same thing with the sound bites. So, just giving you a heads up at what's going on here. Uh, <laughs> so, don't expect a lot of sound bites, though I did recover all the bumper and all that. I basically re-got it all off the internet and re-edited it exactly the way I had it, or close to the way I had it before. So, all of that will be back, so that's the good news. Otherwise, it's State of the Timberwolves 2021, and we're going to do the show, the show exactly the way I wanted to do it, but maybe the first segment I won't babble as much as I did the first time around. First one is the season wrap-up. It'll end with the MVP, the biggest disappointment and biggest surprise for the 2021 season. 20 and 21, you get the idea, because there's too many 20s right now. <laughs> Eventually, it'll make more sense. 23, 24, yeah, stuff like that. It just sounds weird right now. Um, so, yep, the first segment will be the season wrap-up. Second segment, we'll be looking at the future, which, unfortunately, now there won't be a whole lot of uh, excitement going into the NBA draft unless there's a trade, and I do think the Wolves make some type of trade in this offseason. I think they will. We'll see, but that's the main thing they can do at this stage. Free agency, they're kind of busy with that, but we'll talk about that in segment two. In the draft, obviously, there's absolutely nothing at the moment. I wouldn't have minded having a high second-round pick, but we had to give that to the Warriors, too. Boy, we hated Andrew Wiggins. And, yeah, I don't blame him, but D'Angelo Russell's not exactly uh, Damian Lillard. Now, he wants to leave Portland, supposedly. Well, he can't cry that one thing again. He can't cry that again, like when uh, Vanderpool was not hired and Chris Finch was. He can't cry that issue again. Can't do it, because Chauncey Biltz was the guy that's hiring, uh, that, that Portland is hiring, uh, supposedly. And Damian Lillard is not happy with the coaching search. So, okay. I, I, I don't know what the clown wants. I'm getting tired of the attitude. They'll all just wind up with the L.A. Lakers, the Miami Heat, uh, the Clippers, and whatever. Uh, maybe they'll all go with the Phoenix now because Phoenix is looking 
pretty promising. Heck, one of one of these big time free agent type guys or you know guys that want to be traded away should wind up in Atlanta because uh, well for one they have the coolest uniforms I've ever seen. I just ugh, best uniforms in the league. Atlanta Hawks, all of them. They're just oh my god, the red, the red ones, the white ones, and even the black ones with the red. With that, let's say Hawks on them. Oh my god, it's just oh, thank you Atlanta for doing the right thing years ago and getting rid of what they had going for about 10 years there. It was so bad. Okay, let's get to the Timberwolves now. Sorry, so apologize. Hope you guys didn't mind that too much. It's still basketball-related and at least telling you why there's a difference and stuff. So it is what it is. Timberwolves season wrap-up. The season started off about, uh, well, it started off positively with two wins. It started off in December. Uh, no, it started off with, uh, yes, two wins in the regular season. The preseason, we lost to Memphis twice, and we beat Dallas by two points. Then we beat Detroit, which ended up being the number one pick in the draft anyway. So, yeah, woohoo. So, yes, we'll talk about the draft, sort of. Not really in the second segment, yeah. But we beat what ended up being the worst team in the league, or one of the worst teams, and they got the number one pick. 111-101. Nice to see the debut of a guy who hopefully be a legend for the Minnesota Timberwolves in the future. Let's just look at his first game really quick. I'll try not to go on and on like I did last uh, attempt at the show. Though some of you like the long shows and stuff. D'Angelo Russell did not start in the game, which is also a harbinger of what was to come later in the season when D'Angelo Russell would come back from the uh, arthroscopic surgery or moving bone chips or just loose particles in his knee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Again, and I do apologize. I did apologize to him about that. I still think we can do a little better. Me and Vince Germano having a conversation off the mic. Literally, like, not too long ago. And it's still kind of an ongoing conversation where we kind of message each other back and forth. Touchscreen computer for the first time ever. But, uh, yeah, pretty cool. Ricky Rubio started. It was mostly because uh, the COVID protocols with D'Angelo Russell at the time. Not because he was sick or anything, but because they just, it was too slow. Like, the, they had to make sure they, this was this and that was that. So Ricky Rubio ends up starting the game and didn't do a whole lot in his return with the Wolves. Three points in 25 minutes, 25 seconds. Three points, three assists, a couple steals. D'Angelo Russell a little better with 18 points. And, again, he, he could be a good super sub, but... You don't pay super subs $30 million. That's just the thing. A um, lot of money in the point guard position between Rubio and D'Angelo Russell. That's definitely, a, you know, it's definitely a point of interest, a point of concern for the Minnesota Timberwolves at the end of the day because that's kind of insane. Don't, don't you think it's a little crazy? I think it's a little weird. That's just me. Now we're getting the lightning thundering all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody got pissed off at me just a second ago because I said that, you know, it's too much money involved with the point guard position. <laughs> you get the idea. I had to make my own sound effects for now until I get those back. But uh, 45 million bucks per season involved in just two guys at the point guard position. It's uh, a lot of money. And right now, Mr. Malik Beasley's in jail. You know, I'm not trying to make light of it. He's in jail. Yeah, he's in jail. That's great. Uh, Jared Culver had a double-double in his season preview. Season preview, his season debut. It was really cool. 10 points, 10 assists. He had a crisp-looking shot the first week or so of the season, and as the season progressed, he didn't. Malik Beasley, again, his usual kind of crisp-looking game. Carl Anthony Towns, double-double. Josh Jacoby actually debuted very nicely for the year. And Lehman, pretty much the first month of the year, it was like zeros everywhere. He'd play about 15, 16 minutes. He'd start at power forward or something forward. I don't know what kind of forward he was. He was just out there and he'd get like zero points, zero rebounds or one rebound or something. That's kind of what it was like with Lehman for the first 
couple of weeks of the season. It was kind of weird, even up to the first month. But the Wolves actually won the season opener against the Detroit team that ended up being worse than we thought. The Wolves would get the first of three wins over the Utah Jazz. We'd sweep the Jazz this year. It's funny, the second game of the season and then the last two games of the season, we end up sweeping the Utah Jazz in three-game series with that club this year, of course, shortened season. But 72 games, not 55 like the NHL, 56, pardon me. So not as short. NHL just couldn't get their uh, labor dispute ended because they kind of created a labor dispute. They created a new one after they'd supposedly just agreed to uh, something. So kind of weird with the NHL. NBA is doing a little better job about that, generally speaking, and that's good for them. The Wolves would head to Los Angeles and get their ass kicked by both teams. So, you know, we were the road team both times. The Clippers would have their locker room. The Lakers would have theirs. Lakers would beat the Wolves by, oh, how much? 30, yeah, that's too many. 36 points, 127. Then 91, wow. And then the Clippers would pound us 124-101. Clippers are still alive, but they're down three games to one at the time I'm recording this segment at the moment in the Western Conference Finals. Phoenix Suns looking to make their first NBA Finals since 93 and their third overall and easily their best chance to win an NBA championship because this time there's no Michael Jordan or John Havlicek waiting for them on the other side. Uh, there's no Jordan or Havlicek. Obviously the Bucks or Hawks could be a good threat, could be a legitimate threat, but I do think the Suns win the NBA championship. Sticking with that uh, big time. And we'll talk about that in segment 1.5 when the Suns will be NBA champions, most likely. That's just <laughs> a strong guess on my part. I, You know, uh, yeah. You, we just try to comb over the season a bit. The Wolves' losing streak gets to 7 after getting absolutely throttled by 21 points by the Washington Wizards. Wow. Throttled by the Wizards in Target Center. Okay. Well, good thing there weren't fans there because I think it'd be a lot of boos. The Wolves get swept by Denver in two very competitive games, including the second one on January the 5th. Ringing in the new year. I'm so sick of that that phrase. But Wanda uh, Hernan Gomez had probably his best game as a Wolf. That's why I opened this one. D'Angelo Russell was scorching the net after a couple of meh games. Great, great uh, game for D'Angelo Russell. 33 points, 11 assists. He was just scorching the net. He was fantastic. Wancho Hernan Gomez was all over the place. He was so much fun to watch in this game. 5 of 8 from downtown, 10 of 14. Anthony Edwards shot 6 of 19 for only 15 points. And that was kind of the theme early on. With AA, okay, just AE, pardon me. Well, let's just call him Ant because you want to vibe with him, right? That's what he said at the beginning of the year. Jared Culver would rapidly start to vanish up the face of the earth after again a very strong start in the first couple weeks of the season where he calmly hit three point shots. Let's get to Anthony Edwards again as he came off the bench in his season opener. I just want to backtrack to that just because we got to hear his first game really quick. Uh, it's like, I already did that. Yeah, but the file's gone. At least it can't get to it now. 25 minutes, 9 seconds. I will just go over it completely because it's his first game. His first game ever as an NBA player, and hopefully he becomes the greatest Timberwolf of all time. Hopefully he surpasses Garnett. I, I hope he does because if he does, that means we're doing really well here. That means we got a chance at something special. 5 of 12 from, from the field. 1 of 5 from downtown, so he had his first career three-pointer. Yay. Uh, made all four of his free throws. That's nice. Two offensive rebounds, two defensive for four total rebounds, four assists, one turnover, one foul. He was a plus four and 15 points is a, in his first game ever as an NBA player, much less a Minnesota Timberwolf. So very exciting at the end of the day. Love that this is cooperating. It's cooperating a lot better than when I was doing the Brave the Wild just earlier uh, yesterday. 
uh, you know, like getting caught up and stuff. Yeah, well, actually, that was this morning. Yeah, boy, I'm a busy beaver today. Getting caught up with these podcasts so I can get them right back where they were so I don't have to feel like, my God, this is a disaster. I quit. I hate everything. I'm never doing podcasting again because the freaking laptop crashed on me. I'm never doing it again because I hate wasting time. I think we all do. I think we all do. Uh, again, Wolves back-to-back losses to Denver. Well, not in back-to-back games, but we lost both games. One home, one away. Lose to Portland, 135 to 117. Yeah, Damian Lillard. Uh, I don't know. Hell of a player. He's freaking clutch. I, I love that about him. You know, ever since the, his reaction, his cold, meh reaction, when his teammates were like, wow, look at that, when they were showing Stefan Diggs making his miracle catch for the New Orleans Saints, when he just looked at the screen like, I don't give a, you know, he just basically was like, I don't give a F. With, he didn't say it, but I could just read his mind there. He, it was obvious. Kind of an ass, you know. He, he's, and, yeah, you, you can tell he's just kind of an ass. Like, like he didn't do it, so it's, it's not cool enough for him. Um, that's just the vibe I got. And, I don't know, I haven't liked him ever since. Actually, I saw that. Um, <laughs> I don't even know why they showed that on the camera. Like, oh, Damian Lillard's really blown away. No, he wasn't. He didn't care at all. It was so obvious. Didn't care at all. Um, so, any talk about this Vanderpool situation, and then now Chauncey Billups, dude, just shut up. Shut up. Shut up, Lillard, okay? If you want to go play for the Lakers, good for you. That's all it is. Uh, San Antonio Spurs, we lost by three, and then we actually won a game, finally ending the win streak, uh, ending the losing streak, seven-game skid with a 96-88 victory. We never beat Memphis, and then we had the COVID situation. That was when we lost a lot of players like Rubio and such. With, uh, and then Memphis also had a COVID situation on the 15th of January. We lose to the hopefully future Eastern Conference champs. That series is a long way to go yet, but it looks like Phoenix is going to win the West. But uh, that series is actually flashing right around in the background right now with that beautiful red paint and Atlanta Hawks logo and that really cool retro-looking Hawks uh, two different retro Hawks uh, logos in the background. The secondary one, which is yellow, it says Hawks. And then the one that's kind of a, you know, refurbished Dominique Wilkins era look. Thank you, Atlanta. Thank you. It's like, it's like every prayer I had about Atlanta bringing back that look. Thank you. The only thing missing is the actual Dominique jerseys. And if you want to just keep these that they have right now for the next 30 years, I, I'm totally fine. They are gorgeous. And I, actually, I think I like the white ones even more. Just the way the, the, the yellow and the red kind of pair together with it. It just is gorgeous. Yeah, my God, it's so nice. And the Bucks, in the meantime, are wearing blue uniforms. They look like the Timberwolves or the Dallas Mavericks. Okay, that's cute. Sorry, distracted. We lose by one to Orlando. That was when, yeah, I was, uh, that was when uh, Carmelo Anthony wanted to be number 50. Anthony, uh, <laughs> Cole Anthony, Carmelo Anthony wannabe, hit a miracle shot at the buzzer, but we also bleeped ourselves down the stretch with stupid turnovers, stupid, horrible, frickin' decisions, and the usual BS that just uh, was the case during the Ryan Saunders era. Utter collapse, and there's just no excuse for this kind of garbage. Utter frickin' collapse at the last second. We just kind of, like, let them beat us, and it was stupid. Like, we had the game won. You look at the win probability, it doesn't even show that Orlando won the game in the win probability chart, you know, on Yahoo Sports. 97.8% the Wolves' win probability at the end there. That's how much this was totally taken away from us at the last second, how much we choked it away on January the 20th, Wednesday. It's just like, oh, I still remember that so well. It was like, oh my God, you guys, come on, man. Then we lost to the Hawks again, big shocker by 18. 
We beat New Orleans. Very fun game. We'll seem to play very well against New Orleans most of the time, even with this young guy taking over. Nas Reed started at center. Carl Anthony Towns banged up, and I believe at this point he was actually sick, if I remember correctly. Jared Vanderbilt, who had become a nice find. Beautiful. With a double-double, 16 points, 11 rebounds, and a win for the Wolves. Freaking cool. Uh, the previous game, Jaden McDaniels was really good. The one with the uh, Orlando Magic, 12 points and 8 rebounds and 3 blocks. That was cool. Jaden McDaniels, couple blocks and limited time in this one. Anthony Edwards, 18 points off the bench. And I'm bouncing around, but these are kind of highlights. Apologize if I'm dragging this a little bit. It's not that late yet. <laughs> I think last time it was longer. Yeah, we got beat by Golden State twice in Golden State. 130 in, well, San Francisco or wherever the heck they play now. San Francisco, Oakland, whatever. The Bay Area. Golden Bay Area. 130-108 and 123-111. Both losses in the Philly game. That was just another joke. 118-94. So, uh, if I remember correctly, yeah, there was no Carl Anthony Towns in this game. Health and safety protocols. Yeah, so he was sick at this stage. Um, Ed Davis started at center. The Wolves just got pounded. It was boring. It was garbage. It was just a poo of a game. Joel Embiid, Mr. Coolest Guy Ever with 37 points and 11 rebounds. Yay. I don't know. It's kind of a highlight every time we play Philadelphia. And you know what was also a highlight? When the Hawks beat Philadelphia in Game 7. And it's not just because I hate the Sixers so much. You know, it's not just because I don't like Philadelphia fans because the whole Eagles situation... I like the Hawks so much. You know, I really do. And it felt cool to see both the Hawks and the Clippers get to a conference final. We saw the Hawks get to the conference final about a decade ago, and they got swept by Cleveland with LeBron James. It wasn't a decade. It was about five years ago. It was, it was so unmemorable, though. The Hawks are the number one seed in, in the East right there with uh, Mr. Budenholzer as coach, who's the coach of the Bucks right now on the other sideline. And it was just like they just stopped playing. Like, the, the Cavaliers cut through them like, like warm butter. It was like, what the hell? Um, this Hawks team is better. This is this is a good Hawks team. And people thinking that this team is deprived of talent? Not really. You know, regardless of what you might think, Trey Young is a little erratic. Both of them played like poo in Game 7 between Philly and Atlanta. But uh, um, <laughs> Trey Young was, was still clutch when he needed to be this and that. And that fan base, I've never seen a fan base boo a team harder than they did in that seventh game. I, I've just never seen it. Sorry, my head was turned watching Atlanta there. I should almost put it on my phone so I could have that as I'm talking. Probably be better. It just looks prettier on the uh, TV screen because it's bigger. Uh, just unfortunately can't have my room set up that way here. My, uh, yeah, it's just hilarious at the end of the day. Well, speaking of Cleveland, we won 109-104 to wrap up the month of January. So a nice little win. Anthony Edwards still, nope, he'd been starting. This is like when he started. I forgot what was his debut. Got to go back because I had it before. It was right in front of me. He finally he got his first NBA start. It might have been. I think I'm clicking on the right one. I think I am. No. Because I know he got his first start somewhere around the along the lines here. And then he kept starting and kept starting. Um, was it against Philly? That's a crappy way to start. <laughs> start being a starter. And the Edwards did play in every game this year, which is really cool at the end of the day. I don't think he started against New Orleans. He didn't. No, so it must have been the same week. Maybe it, <laughs> I don't think it was against Philly, was it? Was it against Golden State? No. Yeah, there he is against Philly. 
15 points. It's like, it was always 15 points. That seems to be like his debut thing. He started against Philly. I think he's played. Yeah, that was what it was. Oh, my God. So his first career start was against Philly. Wow, he had 25 points against uh, Golden State in that second game, the game the Wolves played a little better. So it was Philadelphia. That's what I thought. I was just messed up. I knew it was Eastern Conference. But, uh, yeah, one, yeah, it was that crappy game. But then he came back against Cleveland, had a great game. Did Anthony Edwards. And there's the Phoenix one where it's 41-42. I named a whole episode after that game. And who wouldn't? Anthony Edwards' first start was against Philly, but then he had a much better one against Cleveland and helped the Wolves win. He helped lead the way, him and Malik Beasley. Wonderful chemistry between the two, the way they worked together. And the Wolves started playing fairly well, even without Carl Anthony Towns. And Jalen Noel started getting the playing time as well. He was a nice little find a couple of years ago in the second round by Gerson and co. in the uh, yeah, in the other draft, the uh, <laughs> Jared Culver draft. Wolves then lose by two points to Cleveland to open the month of February. Lose by three to the San Antonio Spurs. We squeeze in a win against OKC. That was very fun. 106-103 victory for the Wolves in that case. Anthony Edwards only nine points. This is about when he started really hitting the rookie wall as well. He had some bad games. He actually had some bad games off the bench as well. I think this was around the time, actually, I picked him up on Fantasy because somebody cut him. Somebody cut Anthony Edwards because he was he, he averaged literally two points a game one week. He had literally fallen off the face of the earth. I was like, damn. And I remember talking about it on the show. I gave him the Johnny Flynn Memorial because it was like, holy cow, did he hit a rookie wall. And then he just took off. He became a starter and he just took off. It was pretty cool. A lot of us very happy about that. Pardon me for the background noise here. Getting a little warm, so i got to adjust something. Uh, Nasri continued to play super well at center, though there were certain times he just couldn't rebound. It drove me nuts. The other times he did rebound well, so that was nice. Definitely a kind of a back-and-forth situation there, to say the least. So now we'll try to move quickly on to the next group here. Obviously, fun game. That was a very entertaining night for all of us. I mean, my God, that would be... Outside of a win against Toronto on, the, on Valentine's night, on Sunday, Valentine's Day, it's the last win of the entire month. Uh, the entire month. The Valentine's was the entire the last win of the entire month. The Wolves would go an incredible two and fourteen in the month of January. I mean, it was garbage. Yep, it was garbage. And again, the Toronto game was oh, man. It was the Knicks game actually. It was after Toronto. The Knicks game was the last time Ryan Saunders would coach for the Wolves. And, of course, uh, we'll talk about the difference between Chris Finch and Ryan Saunders with how their career started coaching the Minnesota Timberwolves quite differently. And I mean very, very differently. And it's just ironic how things just might end up turning out the exact opposite both ways, if you know what I mean. Because look how Ryan Saunders ended with the Wolves very poorly, right? It, it didn't end well with the Wolves, did it? It just didn't. I mean, we, we couldn't win a game. We couldn't. There was no rhyme or reason. The conversation... Uh, after the game, it just made you wonder what the hell, you know, you just, I'll, I'll get back to that in a couple seconds here, but, okay, see, then he would beat Toronto, 116, oh my God, stupid, 116-112, win over Toronto, that would be Ryan Saunders' last win as a Timberwolf, and oh, we played well this week, we, we played a little bit better this week, but you could still tell, it was only a matter of time that Ryan Saunders would lose his job, it's like, I'm sorry, but that's just kind of how it goes, Ryan Saunders' last win, Valentine's Night. Happy Valentine's to the young to the young man. Obviously, he's, he's you know he married the young couple. They just had another kid. I think it was the second kid, is my guess, if, uh, if I remember correctly at the time. 
So spending time with his family rather than looking for an assistant job at the moment. Uh, Wolves will then lose to L.A. in a competitive fashion, 112-104, but I'm sure, obviously, with the way the Lakers were this year, I mean, people just weren't playing. Uh, Anthony Davis never played the whole effing season. It was ridiculous. Uh, LeBron was in and out with injuries. He had an awesome game. Anthony Edwards had a freaking awesome game as well. 28 points, 7, to seven rebounds, 5 assists, but still a loss. But very competitive, frustrating. All the Wolves ended up losing it. But this year, it was just chalk it up. It's another one. 86-81 would be the second clo- second uh, second last game of Ryan Saunders Wolves' career. Lost by only five to Toronto, but very uninspired. 86-81, low energy game, extremely competitive game. But the Wolves ended up, still ended up giving it up and losing down the stretch. Mostly just kind of made a nice valiant comeback in the fourth quarter that came up short as the Knicks started out strongly. Just you know, the Knicks were killing the Wolves, and then the Wolves made a nice little comeback and the Knicks pulled away at the end. Just typical Ryan Saunders fashion. But the Wolves actually had a 63.5 win percentage in the final minute or so of the game, and then the Knicks took it away from them, beat them. They just beat us. Carl uh, uh, Anthony Towns was playing, obviously two years before around this time. He was, you know, out because he was out for the first time ever because he had a, a, he was injured a bit after a car accident being rear-ended by a semi. Uh, very, very crazy, scary situation in that case. Brian Saunders again coached the Wolves to get another one of the bajillion collapses despite a nice comeback, and then it just was another little collapse at the end. That figured. And then behind the scenes that had been going on for a little while that the Wolves were uh, literally, the decision was made after the Toronto game, 86-81, so they say, on the 19th. But they figured let him coach that one last game because, uh, you know, we just we haven't uh, finalized things with Chris Finch yet. So that's where the backdoor part of this is kind of like, it's a little screwy, it's a little not nice. Ryan Saunders, that's why he was ducking the question with, uh, I believe it was uh, Phil Mackey, if I remember correctly. Uh, He was ducking the question. Uh, No, it was Doogie, Doogie. Uh, He was ducking the question about, uh, you know, the platform's yours if you want to say anything. Uh, He probably was furious. You know, and he just rather just he just wanted to focus on his family, this and that. So I, I understand that. I'm not one of the lovey dovey types. I'm just not. I, I don't. I'm more of like a. I'm a sports fan. I'm a sports podcaster. I have opinions about the game. I'm not Mr. Lovey Dovey. How are the kids? Hey Bob, how are the kids? I'm just not the type. I can be, but you know, yeah, but you know, <laughs> I try. I try to be. I'm trying to be better, and I'm actually sincere about it when I when I do. But still, it is what it is. Maybe I'm more like Tom Thibodeau that way. And funny irony there how Tom Thibodeau was suddenly fired and then Ryan Saunders took over after a competitive win over the Lakers at the time. And then now Ryan Saunders fired after a competitive loss to the New York Knicks with Tom Thibodeau on the other sideline. Pretty crazy. The other side of the sideline anyway. Uh, Chris Finch's career with Minnesota didn't start well. We started 0-5, getting absolutely thromped by Milwaukee. No rhyme or reason in that game. 139-112. to My God. 133-126 competitive, but just another bleeping loss to Chicago. Uh, 128-112 to Washington. We got swept by Washington this year. Wow. And then a loss to the most likely NBA champion. 118-199. 118-99. Loss to the Phoenix Suns. To wrap up the month of February. Wolves to lose one more, get absolutely throttled, pounded, stomped, blended, crushed, mutilated against the Charlotte Bleepin' Hornets in Minneapolis 
on March the 3rd. This was the last game before the break, the All-Star break, and Chris Finch went to the microphone and was extremely serious about how, yeah, we're, you know, we got to clean things up here. we got to get things right. But I, I forget exactly how we worded it, but we're going to take things very seriously from here on. I mean, there's just, this has got to stop. And after that, things were way better. It was like a, it was like a transformation, honest to God. Uh, it felt good. It felt good, and it was cool to see. Like, people are going to be held accountable because that's what they say was one of the biggest uh, down points for Ryan Saunders at the end of the day, coaching the Timberwolves. He just wasn't held holding guys accountable properly. Maybe it was just kind of, oh, we know he loses the team. Uh, and it was a little bit, he's just too nice. I, I don't know. Great guy, but just a little too nice. They needed a stronger authority figure in that locker room to be the coach, and they need a strong authority figure to be a team captain as well to help out. And I think Anthony Edwards is becoming that, but it's very slow because he's super young. Um, they need a veteran guy who's won an NBA title, a chip, as Vince Germano would say. <laughs> Some Somebody like that, like the Wild had two guys with chips this, this last year, and it transformed the locker room. It truly did. Replacing guys that were just kind of like, you know, meh players on other teams in the past. Um, Wolves followed that up with a 30-point demolition derby versus the New Orleans Pelicans, and it was a beautiful moment, beautiful feeling. Looks like the Hawks. There we go. Nice big three-point shot there. Let's go, Hawks. Let's go. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it was a wonderful feeling to see that. And, you know, you just saw more of a rhyme or reason from the Wolves the rest of the season. Now, we lost a ton of games. There were some games that were complete BS. But you sit down and you listen to Chris Finch speak after a game, especially after he'd been coached for a couple weeks, and you just put your feet up and, and you feel so good. And I described this earlier in the season around that time as I was doing the weekly shows, because obviously during the regular season I do weekly shows. Obviously it's not regular season anymore. I just put my feet up and was like, ha, ah, just listen to this. Yes, yes. How long has it been? How long has it been? I used to kind of see Flip Saunders that way back in the day. In hindsight, see, Flip talked, uh, he talked well. He said a lot of common sense things. But occasionally, late in games and just in general, there was always something missing, it seemed like. Not always, but often. There was often something missing. Flip was a good coach, but to call him a great coach, I, I, I think I think you're overstepping a little bit. You know, I love Flip Saunders forever, and to call him a great president of basketball, I think is okay to say. Even though it was a freaking small sample size, it should have been longer, I think he did a fantastic job. Uh, as a head coach, compared to the other coaches the Timberwolves had had, he was awesome. He was awesome. Uh, he, he brought a completely different vibe. Obviously, he won titles in the uh, the minor leagues. He was at the CBA, and that's basically what Chris Finch has done now as well. Uh, good for him. You know, with the, was it the Sioux Falls Force? He's just been fantastic. Uh, obviously, the guy knows what he's doing. He's not a perfect coach because there's no such thing. But Chris Finch, to me, is the best coach the Timberwolves have had since Flip Saunders, easily. And I mean, you know, back when the team was making the postseason, this and that, I, I truly feel that. Um, I like Dwayne Casey a lot, but it seemed like he was really lacking on the offensive side. That was the complaint. Good coach. Good coach, but lacking on the offensive side. Just it was It's a bummer. Where I think Finch... See, you had, you had Ryan Saunders out there during the Ryan Saunders era. You had guys playing power forward that were 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", 6'7". Centers playing 
Six sevens uh, centers around six foot seven to you know obviously Carl Anthony Towns or somebody that was six seven out there. It just felt like there was no rhyme or reason, and I was like, we need to fire Gerson Rosas and Ryan Saunders, not just Ryan Saunders. You need to fire Gerson too, um, because this is bullcrap. This is bullcrap. You know, it's okay to be different. It's okay to want to play small ball, but that much and that drastic. It just seemed like we, we had no chance. I mean, if you can't even rebound the frickin' ball, you don't have the frickin' ball if you can't rebound it. And <laughs> you're never going to win. You know, like puck possession in hockey? If you don't have the puck, you can't score. The other team's going to score sometimes, and the fact they're going to have more, many more chances to score. Basketball's the same damn thing if you don't have the ball. Football's the same damn thing. If you don't have the ball, you don't have the frickin' ball, you know, you don't have a chance. Rebounding creates possessions. Rebound the frickin' ball, obviously, and create some interior defense as well. Guys are just going to shoot right over you. Shoot right over you forever. Sometimes it's tough to penetrate against shorter guys, which, you know, many years ago I learned when we were playing 21, whatever. I kept trying to penetrate because I was more of a slasher than, than anything else, and I kept struggling. And then I'm like, wait a minute. These guys are four or five inches shorter than me. Oh, I just started flicking my wrist. And the ball just went in, in, in. Like, insane high percentage. That's just, you know, how it is. That's how it is. So, you know, you could shoot right over short guys. Shorter guys. Six foot seven's not short. But to a six foot ten guy, to a six foot twelve guy, six foot twelve, seven foot guy, <laughs> a seven foot guy with a nice release on his shot, good night, baby. Five, a five inch differential, unless the guy's got athleticism off the charts and great timing on his blocks which I did back in the day. I blocked a six-foot-five guy three times in a row down the floor once. Yeah, at six foot. <clears throat> yeah, I did. It, it's about timing sometimes, but maybe then the other guy was just low IQ. He wasn't protecting the ball. But still, you know, you need size. And Chris Finch brought in size. So it's like there is hope. We don't have to fire Gerson Rosas and start all over. There's hope. Gerson's guy likes big men. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And it's not like I worship big men. I like balance. I like seven foot, six ten or six nine, six seven, six six, six five, six six, six four, whatever the frick. And then the point guards, you know, whatever he is, he could be anything from six foot to six seven, whatever the point guard is. But you, you got to have size in the front court. You got to have some size. You can't be just six foot eight. Six foot, six foot five, you're going to get killed. In certain stretches when it's working, go for it. But when you're talking about, <laughs> you know, three-fourths of the game playing that way, you look like garbage. You look stupid. E eventually, creativity, there's a fine line between creativity and just being dumb. Like, oh, I, I'm going to drink my coffee at 300 degrees because it's different. You know, let's see what happens. Just, just, just give that a try. Oh, my God. Oh, God. I got to go to the hospital. You know, I know that's weird exaggeration. But just saying, it doesn't... Some things being different doesn't always mean it's good. You know? Sometimes it works in spurts. 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 Not three-fourths of the game. Okay. Well, hopefully that made sense to you out there. I had to say it. There's so many reasons why I like Chris Finch. But, I mean, just the conversation, though. You know? the conversations that he had at the end of games, it just, you know, it sounded like basketball. and I, I loved it. 
sounded like basketball. It, it just did. He just sounded like he would be my kind of guy to just kick back and talk talk hoops. You know, it just did. Wolves would lose by four to Portland on the 13th. Beat Portland. We actually beat Portland in target center. Portland is a team that just kills us. But Anthony Edwards, 34 points against those Blazers as the Wolves pulled away when they were trailing for a bit there. And it was fun, fun to watch. Trailing for a bit in the second quarter, the Wolves pulled away. Anthony Edwards, 34 points as a starter, of course, the rest of the year. Absolutely awesome game. Carl Anthony Towns didn't score as much, but we didn't need to. Uh, where Anthony Edwards matched uh, Damian Lillard's 38 pretty nicely. Did a great job. Great job. Great, great, great. Ricky Rubio would be starting because uh, D'Angelo Russell's uh, load management nonsense turned out to be something legit. It turned out to be something legit, but I will say I do agree with Vince Germano as we talked off there. He's lower tier than like what we need at the point guard position at the end of the day. He's, he, he's good, but at $30 million, he's not a $30 million player. He's not a franchise point guard. Uh, it, it is what it is. Like, if you really want a franchise point guard, then maybe you trade for the prima donna on the other sideline there. Uh, the prima donna who scored 38 against you in this, uh, what, March game, whatever day it was, <laughs> where we actually beat them, the 14th. Yep, March the 14th. Maybe you trade for the prima donna. Of course, the odds of him wanting to come here, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, maybe Portland with their crime rate and murder, death rate, murder, death rate going up 300%. For a certain reason, maybe you would want to come here. Uh, maybe not. It's almost the same here too. Let's move on. Los Angeles Lakers. Wolves lost to the Lakers again because we regularly lose to them, especially when two players are healthy. One thirty-seven, one twenty-one. This was the game of games tonight. You were the star of stars. It's a game of stars. It's a night of stars tonight. Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. You were the star of stars. 123 to 119. Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards, you are the MVP for, well, March 18th against the uh, possible future NBA champs. Devin Booker was scorched in the net. He had a 40-plus point game against the Wolves earlier in the year, and he was scorched in the net pretty nicely in this one as well, but the Wolves matched him, matched his every move, boy. Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards just kept scoring and scoring and scoring. They, they, they kept dropping shots like the Halloween blizzard kept dropping slow flakes back in 1991. It just fell and fell and fell. And those shots just fell and fell and fell. 42 for Anthony Edwards. 41 for Carl Anthony Towns. Wow, that was fun. That was a fun, fun night. Probably the, in fact, this is the highlight of the year. No question about it. This is the single highlight of the season. It reminded me of me and Dave Reinhardt getting our first 200-point games at the same time years ago when we were on a bowling team. We just, we were so happy. We were in tears, basically, and we embraced after that. That's what this was like, you know? I mean, it was so beautiful. Carl Anthony Towns. Anthony Edwards had been been building up, building up 30-point games, and then there it was, 42 and 41. So freaking cool. And again, little do we know just how successful this Phoenix team truly was going to be because they weren't coming off their pedestal. They had played well and continued to play well and continued to play well. And man alive. And then here come the playoffs. The fact they got past L.A. was just a big boost, a huge boost in confidence for that franchise. And look at them now. You know, they've won, what, uh, seven of their last eight games since then. That's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive sweeping Denver and all that. Um, okay, see another frustrating loss. You lose to Dallas, blah, blah, blah. Then the historic Houston game. Historic. Both of these games were historic. Absolute bullcrap. 
Uh, Wolves win 107-101. Houston doesn't score for the final 725, if I remember correctly. And it was like the first time in like 50 years or something this type of phenomenon had ever happened. That a team did not score a single point in the final 7 minutes and 25 seconds in an NBA game. It, it was just absolute history in the making. The Wolves were, went 22-0 and at that stage. But the Wolves still played like crap the whole game. Just Houston played like even more crap down the stretch. It was some of the ugliest horse crap basketball in the history of mankind. And, and John Wall still wound up with 15 assists. Good for him. Carl Anthony Towns, 29 points. Good for him. But it was complete horse crap at the end of the day. Everything about this game sucked. But it paled in comparison to the vile trash <laughs> that Target Center, that fans in the Target Center now that there were going to be fans in March. A little bit. A little bit of fans at Target Center had to witness. And a 129-107 lifeless loss to the Houston frickin' Rockets. A team that looked... That actually had two more wins than the Wolves at the time. They felt like they were like 90 to 99 times worse than the Wolves. Unbelievable. They had, they had two more wins than us. That's funny when you think about it. Man. I mean... <laughs> there's just... It, it's the kind of team where the chemistry was like a joke. Especially in that 22-0, 7-minute 25 versus uh, the Timberwolves the night before. But Malik Beasley dropped a gem, and he dropped a gem more than once. Well, after a win like that, you know, we, we get a little too high on our horse sometimes, and maybe we get a little bit too, uh, you know, a little bit too happy with ourselves, and then we don't come out uh, come prepared for the next game. And John Krasinski, I got to get the soundbite back. I actually had it put in this exact spot as I'm doing this exact game right here, doing this review of the season. Um, John Krasinski said, what success have you had? Like, what are you so excited about? What success that what success have you had that makes you so happy with yourself? And that was a gem. Uh, he was furious on this on the Dan Barrero show that day. Uh, it was the day after this game. Uh, and, uh, oh my God. Yes, what success have you had? What are you so full of yourself about? It's just so, oh my God, I'm seeing something I can't stand, but I'll leave that alone. <laughs> yeah, stupid commercials that I, certain commercials I just cannot stand. Um, my God, almighty, wow, <laughs> that is all. Um, <laughs> Malik Beasley, <laughs> Malik Beasley, <laughs> what, that statement just kind of summed up the franchise in a, way, in, in a lot of ways, why they need a strong voice in that locker room, and it needs to be more than just the coach, it needs to be players that have won championships. Malik Beasley would have had, you know, would have essentially had his face beat in after here after that was said. Ah, Chauncey Billups. Ooh, Damian Lillard's going to leave now. Here it is flashing on the screen in front of me. He's reached a five-year agreement to be the new head coach of the Portland Trailblazers. Dame Lillard, you cannot cry that one topic. You can't cry that. You know, so, I don't know. I thought you wanted Chauncey Billups. We, I, I, I don't know what Damian Lillard wants. He wants whatever football team that isn't the Vikings to win, I guess. I don't know. Wolves lost to Brooklyn in a fairly competitive game after that. We played better, but we still lost. Then you beat the Knicks 102-101 to wrap up the month of Marza. Boy, I'm kind of cracking this longer than ever, actually. But it was a nice, solid win. The Wolves end up winning the game. I need to stop worrying about every time the Wolves win, i got to analyze the whole game. But those two Houston games are pretty historic moments for this franchise in a lot of ways. It was... Uh, Wow. Uh, it was a historic moment in NBA history. 
with a 22-0, right here. See how freaking horrible they are. But then the Wolves to follow up with a lifeless, just god-awful garbage after that. It was so sad. We'll continue. You lose to Memphis. You lose to Philly. Big shockers there. Sacramento won 16-106 win. That one felt good. Obviously, very, very fun night. Uh, D'Angelo Russell off the bench, 25 points. That was one of those games where things got better. And D'Angelo Russell really showing what he could do coming back from injury around that time. Couldn't beat Indiana at all, though. It was an epic battle, 141-137. That didn't even go to OT. Fun freaking game, though. I think this one did. No, it didn't. The Wolves made a nice comeback, valiant comeback in the fourth quarter, but ended up uh, coming up short because, like, I don't know, like always, I guess. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards leading the way, but multiple players with double figures after that, which is always a good thing. 145-146 loss to Boston. Very entertaining, but too much. You beat the Bulls 121-117 on the 11th. You get beat by 30 to the Brooklyn Nets. Holy cow, and the Bucks always crush the walls for whatever reason. 119-111 over the butthead. That's Jimmy Butler of Miami. Another loss to the Clippers on the 18th. You get to uh, Sacramento, 134-120. I remember really liking this game, if I remember correctly. It wasn't the Gorgie Zheng game of a year ago where it was like nobody was scoring. It was kind of funny. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards with 28, Carl Anthony Towns with 26. It was really cool to see the big three be the big three in that game. That's That was like the big positive. It was a very entertaining night. I actually figured the Wolves would lose the first game and win the second because of the youth, but that just wasn't the case. Wolves then would beat Houston or Utah two times in a row in three days. Pretty cool, and ultimately sweep the series. Wolves actually would win four games in a row. Utah, Utah, Houston. <laughs> Golden State, 126-114. Very entertaining and fun win. I actually predicted this one, that the Wolves would get their annual victory over Golden State. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, each had 20. Who do you think was the other guy that had 20 that led the way in scoring? It was D'Angelo Russell, right? No, it was Rubio at 26. Whoa! That was kind of cool. But, uh, yeah, I didn't expect to see that. But I remember remember that night. It was like, you wouldn't expect to see that happen, but it did. You didn't expect to see a four-game win streak at the end of the month either, but maybe it ended up costing our pick because Golden State would take the seventh pick in the draft for Minnesota. Wolves would lose the first three after winning four in a row. They'd lose the first three in April. Or May, excuse me. Wolves are playing in May. Then we won a couple against Orlando and the final game of the regular season against Dallas. So the Wolves winning a significant amount of games uh, down the stretch in the month of May and April to kind of move our percentage downward towards winning the lottery. But it, it is what it is. Wolves will not pick seventh in the draft, which is what they would have picked. They will, that will go to the Warriors, but luckily that should be out of the range of the potential superstars moving forward from the NBA draft. The official wrap-up, the official awards for the season, the most valuable player for the 2020-2021 NBA season for the Minnesota Timberwolves is a tie between Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards had an amazing rookie year. I'm still frustrated and disappointed that he didn't get the rookie of the year. Ended up going to LaMelo Ball, but hey, both of them helped me win a uh, fantasy championship. And LaMelo was a huge, huge, huge part of that. He was so valuable. Somebody cut him or cut him at the beginning of the year thinking that, oh, he's not going to do too much. I picked him right up, and then off he went. It was so cool, uh, that being LaMelo Ball, where Anthony Edwards, uh, another guy cut him about a month later, and both of them helped me win that fantasy championship, recovering from literally the doldrums of, of hell, basically. I was at dead last about a month, two months into the season, and we won the title. That just doesn't happen very often. Um, both of those guys, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, though. Carl Anthony Towns, he's the best player still at the stage, 
But Anthony Edwards brought leadership. That's something Carl Anthony Towns has not brought. And he also was able to play in all the games where Carl missed a significant amount of time. Um, Anthony Edwards is bringing some of that intangible leadership, though. And, and to do as well as he did as a rookie is extremely encouraging that I think he could be a leader for this team moving forward at the end of the day. Uh, the biggest disappointment for the season, you know, it's like it, it's like almost like Josh Akogi. I was frustrated with him. But with the way Culver started the regular season, it was, it was cool. It was like, wow, they, you, know, you felt optimistic. Like, yeah, he, he may have turned the corner here. He's hitting his threes. He feels so good. And he ended up shooting worse from three-point range than Josh Akogi at the end of the year. Jared Culver is the biggest disappointment for this season. Unfortunately, it looks like Milwaukee's pulling away. Dang, that's a bummer. Come on, Atlanta. So they're going to go down two games to one the way this is shaping up. Oh, man, bummer. Come on, Atlanta, you're at home. Mm, well, we'll see. It looked like they were going to lose to uh, other teams, too. They were definitely going to lose to the Brooklyn Nets, and they didn't. So we'll see. Um, but no, Judge uh, Jared Culver, just a massive disappointment. What did he average? Like, um, he averaged five points a game. Mm, 24.5 from downtown. Dasha Kogi averaged just under 27. Jared Culver about 1% more, though, from the field. That's nice and everything, but... Lord have mercy, the guy vanished up the face of the earth. Uh, the biggest surprise, you could say Jared Vanderbilt. What a nice find he was. Very cool, very exciting. But, you know, he, he's just slightly older than Jade McDaniels, if I remember correctly. Obviously a valuable guy out of Houston, Texas. Really cool. He was definitely a surprise, and I think he finished his second place behind... Uh, Jade McDaniels at the end of the day. But Jared Vanderbilt, what a nice season. What a nice season. Very valuable guy. Uh, you know, he could get a double-double at times. He could provide that energy and that uh, passion off the bench. Reminded me of the jumpy, uh, junkyard dog, formerly of the Toronto Raptors. That would be Jerome Williams years ago. Cool guy. Uh, valuable piece. Obviously no star whatsoever, but definitely a valuable piece for the uh, Toronto Raptors years ago. I believe he played for Houston and uh, Memphis. After that, I think so. He, he moved around a little bit, but he played a lot of time with Toronto. Did uh, Jerome Williams. Jaden McDaniel's biggest surprise of the year because uh, he just kind of popped up. He just kind of popped up. It was really exciting, really encouraging. Um, 28th pick in the draft, kind of like, you know, Wayne Ellington years ago. Where, okay, he could shoot a little bit, but he, he didn't provide a whole lot else. You know, a little bit of three-point shooting. You certainly couldn't call him a bust, you know. Uh, with a 28th pick. 28th picks usually aren't bust unless they flat out don't make it at all. Uh, where Jade McDaniels looks like, absolutely like a starter in this league as a, a small forward, maybe power forward or something, but I, I think more of a small forward. He's, he's got the height, but he doesn't have the, you know, the strength and the, and, the, and the mass to be a power forward in the league. He can block shots. He reminds me of Josh Smith. He, he does, just not as crazy maybe as Josh Smith, but he reminds me of him. Former Atlanta Hawk, of course. Athletic shot blocker who was six foot nine, and he could do a little bit of everything: offense, defense. He could hit threes. He could do this. He could do that. Um, he reminds me of Josh Smith. He does. Uh, Jaden McDaniels, I think, has a very, very, very bright future. I'm very encouraged. He can he can be a double double type of guy and block three or four shots a game. Well, maybe not down to average, but he could block up to three or four shots in a game. Uh, sounds more realistic. But he provides a little bit of everything, and his outside shot is. It's really nice. He's got a really nice release. And when his shot is on and all that, and he's got the right motion on it, it's a thing of beauty. Uh, there is a shooter 
from downtown. Catch and shoot threes from Jaden McDaniels, where he could be extremely valuable on a good team. A good team. Not just a rebuilding team or a young team who's not, not gotten over the hump like us right now. A young team not gotten over the hump. This and that. I can't call us rebuilding. There's no way we're rebuilding right now. We're, we're, we are building, not rebuilding at the end of the day. Um, but he, he, when, when his shot is on, it is so crisp. It is so nice. Uh, and, he, and he's not that in, inconsistent either. It's definitely there. Jane McDaniels could do a little bit of everything, and I'm extremely encouraged with what he uh, has going forward. Uh, big, big surprise. Made me feel really good. With that, that should wrap up the season wrap-up. Put a bow on the 2020-2021 season because we did play in 2020 a little bit in December, unlike the hockey season. Uh, definitely, again, not the finish you wanted, this and that, but then, uh, you know, and it sucks that we're not going to have a draft pick, but we'll still talk about a bit what we could do. Maybe the Wolves make a trade between now and the second segment. And, of course, segment 1.5 coming up. We will talk about the NBA playoffs a bit and the NBA champion in that one. That one is usually pieced together uh, at the last second here before I release the show because, uh, you know, at this moment when I'm doing the first segment, we're still in the conference final situation. So that's just how it goes. This is a project. You piece things together. If you record it all at once, it's not going to be good quality. You know, it's not going to be good quality. Nobody can record a big show all at once uh, uh, unless they really just have a lot of time on their hands, and nobody does. you got to have the energy. you got to have things ready to go, this and that, and that's what you want to do at the end of the day. Wolves did not finish with a great record, but uh, we'll see how things go into next season. I, hopefully the Wolves could be a playoff team, but we'll talk about that when we get into the season preview much later from now. 23-49 is the final record, 29 games behind the Utah Jazz, and a win percentage of just under 32% for the Wolves, but uh, still slightly better than Oklahoma and Houston in the Western Conference. Crazy how Oklahoma just dropped off the face of the earth at the end of the year, completely dropped off. With that said, we'll take a quick break and look at the future after this. where we discuss the postseason for the NBA and a teeny bit of fan interaction, I guess, included with that. Congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. Obviously, State of the Timberwolves is the annual granddaddy of them all, and it's supposed to be all about the Timberwolves. So I created segment 1.5 so we could talk a little bit about the postseason. And I guess it's, well, you're at my mercy at how long this goes. <laughs> we'll see. Obviously, one of the more fan, uh, fascinating postseasons we've had in quite a while. Absolutely fascinating. You got to have totally different teams in the finals. Some familiar players and some very much not familiar players. Uh, nobody on either club had won a championship other than, uh, well, obviously Kawhi Leonard in the final four had, but in the finals, nobody had won a championship before for either team, which is absolutely nuts. Uh, the Hawks had nobody with a championship. It was just Kawhi Leonard pretty much in the final four. So pretty damn crazy, pretty damn cool. I believe we'd left off in the previous segment with the second round, basically the Atlanta Hawks and the Philadelphia 76ers 
going to Game 7 and the Hawks pulling it out. Absolutely cool, obviously. <laughs> I was so thrilled to see the Atlanta Hawks get back to the East Finals again where they had with Mike Budenholzer, of all people, years ago. Ended up getting swept by the Cleveland Cavaliers as the Cavs went on to the NBA Finals only to, you know, do what they do most of the time. But great season for the Atlanta Hawks. Actually, no, that was the year the Cleveland Cavaliers did pull it off, 2016. So most of the time they lost in the Finals, but that year they actually won. The one time they did. That was pretty damn cool. Budenholzer and the Hawks. I remember they had home court advantage and just got absolutely swept. Back then the Hawks had those mediocre to below average crappy jerseys. Now they're back to having the best jerseys in the league again. And bringing back a refined version of the classic Dominic Wilkins era logo. Uh, I heard Stu Benson mention on a recent courtside podcast that the MLK jerseys, I, th- I think they all were agreeing basically on it, are their best jerseys. I don't think they're their weakest, actually. I like the red ones. I like the white ones and the black ones with the red on it, the red and yellow. See, black jerseys are overdone. They're overdone in sports. It's just one billion black jerseys of all kinds. But if you can pull it off with the right color scheme, like the Spurs did, like the Suns with those Valley jerseys, oh, my God. Awesome. I mean, heck, the Suns might have won a championship wearing those jerseys. I had a feeling they were going to this year, and it just wasn't meant to be. Uh, just wasn't meant to be, was it? Uh, but teams like the Suns, the Spurs, and the Hawks pull it off really, really, really nicely. The Spurs, I'm just bored to death with the black and gray crap. It's like, uh, it's so fascinating. I could fall asleep. Black and silver, I can understand. That's the Oakland Raiders slash now Las Vegas Raiders slash Los Angeles Raiders slash Oakland Raiders slash Vegas Raiders. Yeah, whatever they are, they're the Vegas Raiders now. <laughs> with the black and silver, the autumn wind is a Raider. Beautiful stuff. They pull it off great. They're the first real, true, excellent black jersey in sports history. The Spurs, well, they were nice when they had the color scheme, and they brought it back with the uh, the third jerseys this past year, and it looks so cool on the court. Awesome. The Suns, obviously, great job as well. Hawks. I think the weakest ones are the MLK jerseys. It's absolutely nothing against MLK. I'm just strictly talking about jerseys and color schemes and how, you know, how it is for me personally. For some reason, red and yellow, I just love that look. Like the Calgary Flames, the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't like the Chiefs, but I like their color scheme a lot. Um, (laughs) uh, The Hawks, obviously. Calgary Flames. Atlanta Flames when they were in Atlanta. The Atlanta Flames and the Atlanta Hawks could have had a very similar look throughout the 1980s if the Flames stayed there, but they moved to Calgary. Blah, blah, blah. Now I'm taking way too long on that. I don't know why I did that, but, well, I guess it wasn't that long. In an amazing series... An extremely dramatic seventh game, and then you got to hear the drum, the drama, the booing, the anger, and the frustration. Ben Simmons couldn't make a bleeping shot. Trey Young couldn't make a bleeping shot, and then he finally got clutch in the end. Trey Young is debated a bit out there. Some people think he's just they don't like him. They think he's overrated or he's an ass. I don't know. I I, I think he's okay. Maybe I'm just wearing shades as uh, as a, a team that as a guy that has been a fan of the Atlanta Hawks since the early '90s. Uh, it should have been in the '80s, but I just wasn't a hardcore basketball fan in the 1980s. Unfortunately, I wish I was. But basically a Dominique guy my whole basketball life. My whole basketball-loving life. A Dominique guy. Loved the Hawks for that. And it was really cool to see them advance to the East Finals. I thought they had a real shot at it. Uh, he had a couple of epic Game 7s. The Nets and the Bucks. The Nets and the Bucks. What an awesome series that was. Most people thought, the, okay, Brooklyn's probably going to pull this off, especially Game 7. Brooklyn had kind of a decent lead going. The Bucks just kind of kept hanging on, hanging on, hanging on, hanging on, and Giannis was spectacular. Uh, Giannis, pardon me. 
That's the name of this whole postseason is Giannis. Obviously, we'll get to that very shortly. But just an unbelievable Game 7 between these two teams. Brooklyn Nets, I mean, uh, destiny, man. It's literally just destiny how Game 7 turned out. Kevin Durant, foot on the line, cost the Bucks a chance, or the Brooklyn Nets a chance to go to the NBA Finals because they would have beat the Hawks, unfortunately. Uh, 76ers, once they were out, it was pretty much the winner of this series. Most likely it was going to go to the Finals. 76ers got the booze like you wouldn't believe. It was, I, I mean, it's Philadelphia. You're going to get booze, but that was the real deal. And a lot of us that just... Uh, have a lot of dislike for Philadelphia or hatred for Philadelphia, whatever, like the Philadelphia Eagle fan base, this and that. And we don't like Joel Embiid with all the, the bull crap with Carl Anthony Towns. A lot of us kind of enjoyed that. And me, I enjoyed it because I saw the Hawks win. That was my main reason. But again, not a big Embiid fan. Felt bad for Ben Simmons a little bit. I don't know if he's full of himself or what it is. Ben Simmons, as he thinks he can just kind of get by, you know, like, oh, my shot will get better. My shot will get better. I'm, I'll be fine, blah, blah, blah. But we'll see. Who knows? Uh, there's still a chance Ben Simmons might actually suit up for the Timberwolves next season. So we'll see. There still might be a trade. Obviously, it'll be quite expensive. It'll probably be a three- or four-team trade to pull it off. We'll talk about that in the next episode, of course, because uh, that'll be the free agency one. <laughs> but the Eastern Conference finally got Milwaukee and Atlanta. It was good. The Bucks, obviously... The Bucks struggled at the beginning. The Hawks looked good. And then the Bucks just kind of gradually took over throughout the series. And that's just kind of how that went. The Bucks, it just it was just their year, wasn't it? Uh, they absolutely kicked Atlanta's ass in Game 2. That was like a surefire sign. And they took the 2-1 to one lead. Atlanta hung on with a nice butt-whooping in Game 4. And the Bucks just kind of took over the rest of the way. Ended up being a less and less exciting series. I just saw multiple players get hurt throughout this postseason. Uh, Kawhi Leonard... It was feared to be an ACL, this and that, and it's just, I don't know what's going on. I guess it's a partially torn ACL with uh, Kawhi Leonard. You saw uh, Trey Young obviously step on the referee's foot. It just got weirder and weirder throughout this series, uh, throughout this postseason, pardon me. Giannis had a hyperextended knee that could have been like out for six months to a year, that type of thing. Somehow, miraculously, by the grace of God, the knee didn't extend enough for it to be a you know that type of injury where like we could have had you know tendon damage and he could have been out forever by the grace of God and Bucks fans will be thanking God forever for this <laughs> as Giannis hung on obviously the Bucks got killed in Game Four and somehow some way obviously with a group of great teammates the Bucks end up winning Games Five and Six pretty handily quite frankly without the Greek freak Giannis. I'll never get it right. I'll, I'll try to get it right. I know I can say it, and then I can't say it. But Giannis, look Giannis. It was like the hope. Well, even if the Bucks get to the finals, they're going to get killed by the Suns because Giannis is either going to be injured during the series, he'll be playing, but playing hurt. This and that. That was the conversation from everybody. But even, you know, and if he's not there, they're just going to get beat in four or five games by the Suns. Congratulations, Phoenix. You know, they finally ended the 50-year drought. It's finally over. Well, you know, not 50 or even longer. Going back to the, the late 60s for the Phoenix Suns to win a championship. The Bucks were the team with the actual 50-year drought. Both of these teams came in the league at the same time. So, one way or another, it would be a team that hadn't won in 50 years or had never, ever won winning the NBA championship. Hawks did win a championship in 1958 as... The St. Louis Hawks, way back in the good old days, 1958, <laughs> way back in the day. 
So that's how that was. Clippers had obviously never won, and the Suns had never won. Suns and Clippers, you know, without Kawhi Leonard, it just wasn't that great. You know, Suns just kind of controlled this series most of the way. They didn't win it that quickly. It took six games to get there. But game two was a lot of fun, watching the nice uh, dunk by DeAndre Ayton, the alley open, the dunk. DeAndre Ayton and the Suns escape with a 2-0 lead in the series. Clippers and Suns. This series got a bit chippy, especially with Beverly and Chris Paul, this and that. And also with uh, Devin Booker. I just think they're prickly guys. You know, that's kind of what made me kind of change my rooting interest a little bit as, this, as the NBA Finals continued. Uh, they're prickly guys. Obviously, the Clippers have a lot of prickly guys too, obviously with Beverly. But there's a lot to not like about Booker and Chris Paul. You'd feel happy about that if they won. Devin Booker had never even been to the playoffs, so it's like, whatever. I don't feel bad for Devin Booker at all. Chris Paul, I feel a bit bad. Obviously, it's been a long, long, long career. He'd never even gotten to the conference final before. Uh, actually, he had with uh, Houston, but they couldn't get past the freaking Warriors, which was really depressing. Um, couldn't have never been to the NBA final, had Chris Paul. And then he got hurt again. And it's like every time whatever team he's been on, looks like they're going to finally have some postseason success, and then Chris Paul comes up lame. He's injured again. Knee injury, hamstring injury, this injury, that injury, and this time he stayed healthy. He got banged up a bit, though, and I do think that did contribute to the Suns not beating the Bucks. but at the same time, mm, wow. Uh, this series was very prickly, and when it got to be a bit of a blowout in Game 6, obviously that's when some of the crazy stuff started happening. Uh, Beverly like blindsided Chris Paul basically well just kind of cross-checked him basically it was like a hockey play Chris Paul and then just kind of walked to the locker room because he's like I'm ejected whatever I don't give a blankety blank as he headed to the locker room as he knew he was out anyway and it's like who cares we're down by X amount of points I might as well get my get my lick and just hit him as hard as I can and get out of here <laughs> not a good thing to do though no matter how you feel about Chris Paul Devin Booker this and that Amazing game by Chris Paul, 41 points. Almost feel like they're rubbing it in a teeny tiny bit, but it is what it is. They finally got to the finals. All these guys that had never been there before, ever been there before. <laughs> Again, not one healthy guy on the Clippers had won a championship before. Pretty crazy. Patrick Beverly had been on a successful Houston team in the past, but um, no championship for him. DeMarcus Cousins... He had a ring with Los Angeles, but didn't play the whole year. Uh, Rajon Rondo, obviously multiple rings, this and that. So there were some rings on the Clippers, but pretty much the rest of the Final Four had nothing. And, of course, the Finals, absolutely nobody. Absolutely nobody had championships, uh, this and that. Ibaka had been to the Finals with the Thunder way back in the day. I can't believe 2012 is back in the day, but it is. It's a long time ago now. And Daniel Truro played for the Gophers. Yeah, well... <laughs> That it is what it is. Not a very exciting series. We'll move on to the finals, where, which is what matters most. And City of Milwaukee getting their first championship in 50 years. Obviously an extremely exciting moment for that club. It, you know, it's it just unbelievable. It looked like the Suns had this thing. Uh, Giannis obviously still feeling the pain in game number one. And Phoenix just looked like the better team. They just kind of had the lead. They maintained it throughout. Giannis was playing, did manage 20 points and 17 rebounds, just gutting it out. You figured, man, this guy is really, this guy really has heart. I mean, he's gutting it out. He's giving it everything he's got. 
uh, on their attempted 11 shots. They're just kind of taking it care, taking it easy, being careful, and Chris Middleton kind of led the way, which he did during this course of time when Giannis was still kind of sort of recovering, as you could say, recovering on the fly. Brooke Lopez obviously being a factor with that outside shot, even though he's a center. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but Brooke Lopez, I remember when he was a possible draft pick for the Timberwolves years ago, but unfortunately, uh, well, he didn't come here. Obviously, we were okay with what we wound up with that year, but still, at the end of the day, would have been interesting if Lopez was on the Wolves. <laughs> but again, the story of this series was not Chris Paul getting his first ring. It was somebody named Giannis Atacocumbo just stepping up to the plate. And just he just kept getting better and better and better as this series progressed. He just wanted it more. He just wanted it more than anybody else. And his teammates did a hell of a job as well, helping him get to where he needed to be, him being Giannis. <sighs> Drew Holiday, a guy who I always wanted on the Timberwolves someday. He's another guy who just couldn't stay healthy, it seemed like in the past, with teams like the New Orleans Pelicans and such. It's, and then Chris Middleton, again, just continuing to be a leader, continuing to be a factor along the way as Giannis kept getting healthier and healthier as the series progressed. And he just kept thinking, you know, somehow, some way, just something clicked in my head as this series progressed. Obviously, the Phoenix took a two-game-to-zero uh, two lead. But when Giannis had a 42-point game in Game 2, and Milwaukee lost by, quote-unquote, only 10. It was mostly because of a really bad second quarter. Terrible second quarter by the Bucks. They got slaughtered by 14 points in that quarter. But they kind of maintained things the rest of the way. But this is, this is when I you could just sense something. Something was up here. Something was up. Giannis just, it's like, is there is there this possibility, somehow, some way, he is going to wheel this team to a title? Could it happen? I mean, the way he just dominated game two, 42-point effort and three blocks, and he was just kind of everywhere. And it's like, you know, I thought he was hurt. I thought he was playing hurt. 42 points. Is he somehow going to, Gonna bring the Bucks back into this series and lead them to a championship? Could it actually happen? And then when you head back to Milwaukee, and the Bucks looked borderline dominant in both games at 41 points again by Giannis, uh, 41 points in Game Three, a 10-point victory. You go to Game Four, 26, but still kind of everywhere. Eight assists. He was kind of setting other guys up, and Chris Middleton had the 40-point effort. A lot of people kept thinking he was going to be the MVP of the series because of all of his clutch plays, his clutch shots, and setting up others. Chris Middleton and just the phenomenal defense of this club. That's like the big difference between the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, the Suns are capable of playing a little bit of defense, but it's nothing like what the Bucks have been able to do or what the Bucks were able to do in the series with the defense and the clutch plays, this and that. And things started to get kind of weird. Like, Chris Paul was mishandling the ball a bit as he had into game four. He really struggled in game number four. And some people believe he was a bit banged up, so maybe he was coming up lame, but healthy enough to play. Chris Paul just, he just, you know, he was kind of bobbling the ball around. A big turnover late, despite the fact Devin Booker had 42 points. Great effort from him. But somehow, some way, the Bucks emerged victorious, obviously, because, again, just things just weren't working out. And then you got this feeling. With the way that ball kind of popped out of Chris Paul's hand, Chris Paul's hands, and the series just kind of started to slip away a little bit, 
you thought, could this be the true turning point of this series as now it's tied? And the way he bowed, that could, could that be it? Is this the turning point and the Suns are somehow not going to win this now? Well, that ended up being exactly what happened. That was the beginning. The tide was turning. And unbelievable. And in Game 3, Game 4 was really good. But Game 5 was unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Back and forth battle. Epic battle back and forth with whoever. And I kept saying, whoever wins this game is probably going to win the series. Game number 5. Phoenix wins Game 5. They have two uh, two chances to win, including Game 7 at home. Their odds of winning the series are extremely high. Heck, they might come out on fire in Milwaukee in Game 6 and pull it out. Kind of like the Warriors did with Cleveland back in 2015. It'd be something like that. How they just came scorching the net. I was not happy about it, but that's how it goes. (laughs) I don't always get my way in the finals, do I? In fact, oftentimes I don't. (laughs) And it wasn't the Wolves anyway. But this was what you'd call a total team effort. All three players, just about at 30 points. Drew Holiday, 27 points. 13 assists. Chris Middleton, 29 points. Clutch shot after clutch shot. Giannis, unbelievable, but of course stunk at the free throw line, which almost ended up being one of those historic moments for the Bucks that they'll remember forever. Giannis just can't make free throws and they're going to lose now and it's unbelievable and it's depressing and oh man, 4 of 11 from the line. Hacka Giannis. Hacka Atentacombo. <laughs> just hack him, make him miss and he kept missing and the Sun stands were enjoying it. And, you know, again, Chris Middleton with those long twos, but how clutch can you be? drawing fouls. What an unbelievable player he is. It's crazy how few amount of free throws the guy attempted during the course of time. I mean, which also makes you really wonder what the heck is up with that. Only two of three in this game. But the play of destiny. Devin Booker driving to the basket as the Suns were making an unbelievable comeback. Looked like the Bucks had this in the bag. The Suns made an insane comeback. Looked like they were going to pull away and again, take that three game to two lead. That would haunt the Bucks forever. But it ended up being a kind of night that's going to haunt the Suns forever. <laughs> As Devin Booker obviously bobbles the ball away. Gets knocked away by Drew Holiday and an unbelievably timed alley-oop pass for Giannis. And then you knew for sure the Bucks had this one. And it's like, oh my God, they're going to win the title. Oh my God. For the first time this entire series, I truly believe Milwaukee's going to win the championship. Now he just has to make free throws next time around as Giannis. And that's all he did in Game 6. That's not all he did. I'm just hey, I'm just saying. But uh, a defensive, gutty, crazy game. Where Phoenix obviously made a nice comeback in the second period after the Bucks took a sizable lead. I'm like, yeah, the Bucks are going to win. But maybe not. It's a game of runs. It's going to be a bit of back and forth. You saw a lot of great defense between both teams. But especially the Bucks. And Giannis was just the soul, the heart and soul of basketball itself in this game. Not the heart and soul of the Bucks, Not the heart and soul of the city of Milwaukee. He was the heart and soul of the game of basketball in game number six. He, it's the kind of game you're going to remember the rest of your life as a basketball fan. You'll remember when you're 75, 85 years old. Just like if you were old enough and fortunate enough to remember Magic Johnson playing center in 1980 and had that 42-point effort at center and led the, the uh, Los Angeles Lakers to a victory in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in 1980. Unbelievable, unbelievable effort there by Magic Johnson as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar came up lame with an ankle injury all the way back in 1980, leading the Lakers to their first championship in many years, going back to the Jerry West days in that stage. To be honest with a 50-point effort, 
and he couldn't miss at the free throw line. He looked like Mark Price. He looked he looked like Mark Price. He had five blocks, and he had some unbelievable clutch blocks during the course of this playoff series. Former Timberwolf Jeff Teague, former starting point guard Jeff Teague, would have a couple moments during the series, but nothing too great. Only a minute 43, but Jeff Teague, congratulations on getting a ring. <laughs> Chris Middleton, he looks like a lot of different guys, doesn't he? He just, you know, he looks like he looks like one of Marcus's cousins. He looks like a couple other guys that I used to know. I can't pinpoint who he looks like, but he looks like a couple guys. It's kind of funny. He just kind of has that look-alike look to him. Uh, and obviously, again, great defense, clutch plays, but Giannis is plain and simple, the most viable player, not only in the NBA Finals, but in the game of basketball right now, uh, at least for that moment. And he probably is going to be MVP next year if he plays anything like this. Uh, obviously, again, just clutch block after clutch block. Unbelievable defense. Five blocks total in this game. Obviously, he had a very dramatic block on DeAndre Hayden earlier. Uh, but making all the free throws in this close back-and-forth game. And Bobby Portis gutting it out. Great, great, great performance. Big plays off the bench. Couple of threes. 16 points off the bench. He was awesome. And drew a lot of... Uh, he's just an absolute fan favorite. Former New York Nick. And definitely a shortened bench. Obviously, Giannis played most of the game, but not the entire game. Drew Holiday played 46 minutes in the game. He is a wily veteran. He played almost the entire game. As this was not an overtime performance. 46 minutes for Drew Holiday, and he shot like garbage. But his defense is so valuable, it was almost like, okay, fine. Just keep him in there. But Giannis, obviously the story of stories. The star of stars, the game of stars. Tonight you were the star of stars, as former Commissioner David Stern would say. God rest his soul. Uh, a game of the ages. A night of the ages. Bucks fans obviously getting their first championship in 50 years. You see Devin Booker walking off the court with his head down. Kind of a quiet, silent thing. Uh, Chris Paul looked very sad, very disappointed. Yes, just, you know, I I felt sorry for Chris Paul. Obviously, again, he's he's been a prickly guy on that court for many years. Sometimes it's just competitiveness. I'd be probably prickly because of that reason. Competitiveness just comes out sometimes. And, you know, you're not going to always, you're not going to be the nicest guy when you're in competitive mode. You know, you just want to punch someone in the face. You know, bleep you. I don't care about, I don't care about you or your feelings, you know. I'm just going to kick your butt. That's kind of the vibe you feel. Um, Chris Paul, obviously, again, some of the flopping, this and that, over the course of his career will drive you nuts. And obviously, you know, other little things he does to make his team better or to kind of squeak out a win in a close moment to kind of embarrass the other team, like the jersey not being tucked in, this and that. Just little dumb things like that. That'll drive you nuts. But, hey, he's kind of got that Aaron Rodgers mentality, which is funny. Aaron Rodgers is kind of like that, where he'll kind of, he'll just, catch little subtle things that'll kill you this and that that's Chris Paul's style so obviously do feel bad for him uh, hopefully he can get a ring somehow some way maybe with the Suns next year or maybe if he's super old and has a backup point guard for whoever you know just like Gary Payton did with the Miami Heat years ago in 2006 he finally pulled in the championship <laughs> got to see a super old Gary Payton and Sean Kemp yesterday at the Seattle Kraken's uh, NHL expansion draft. That was kind of cool. <laughs> Big pieces of Seattle many years ago, of course. But uh, Giannis, obviously the story of stories, the emotion, the the happiness. Hard to not feel good for him. It just sucked that he got cramps during the interview, so he had to step away a bit from ESPN, at the end, or actually NBA TV, 
at the end. Would have been more enjoyable if he was able to stick around, but when you play the way he does, cramps are going to happen sometimes, and, well, some of us can relate to that at the end of the day. An amazing run, and all the respect in the world, Vicky Honest, and congratulations. Despite the fact your border battles in Milwaukee, it's at least a likable team, and hopefully a likable fan base we'll see, because obviously most of them are going to be Packer fans, obviously, but... They're not as up in your face as actual Packer fans about their team winning, so that's the good part. Congratulations, Milwaukee. NBA Champions 2021. back here on Timberwolves Explosion segment number two, after segment 1.5 anyway, on Timberwolves Explosion State of the Timberwolves 2021. Before we get started looking at the future of the Timberwolves, mostly going to be trades and all that, I guess, or trade possibilities. Let's get to the Vigit application, our affiliate. Thank you very much. Coming out of Pennsylvania. Vigit, V-I-G-I-T, two separate words. It could be uh, social media for sports bettors. You can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. Vigit Betting League is a month-long betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of the month. Bet free coins, win real prizes. So you could like that could be like a national competition, this and that. Probably going to be mostly baseball now as we're heading into that. Obviously, we're heading into the abyss, but football's coming right up, so it's not that long of a wait for that. Generally speaking, betting stats. Uh, there's great information available on the Vigit Like Line movement where the public is betting so basically it's an application you can get on apple or android v-i-g-i-t uh, this is not real money wagering it's kind of like you could it's almost like practice betting in a way but in a lot of ways it's fantasy betting where you're competing against others it's a lot of fun i enjoy it very much um again not real money wagering uh also to uh if you do get it please please do Put Paladino Live as a referral when they ask for the referral code. Paladino Live, all one word. It will be in the show description. Thank you, Vigit Application. Do download that today if you could. Would be great. Only to help the Timberwolves Explosion podcast, eh? <laughs> so, how are the Wolves going to improve this summer? With no draft pick? Well, it is what it is. Obviously, just getting older and wiser helps. Spraining your ankle doesn't help either, unfortunately. Anthony Edwards, we'll talk about that in segment number three a bit. Probably very slightly, not a whole lot of back and forth necessarily on it. It just sucks. Uh, he got injured basically kind of working out with the uh, the Olympic team. This and that kind of scrimmaging against them is basically what Anthony Edwards' role, good uh, learning experience. And then he sprained his ankle. It's a bad sprain, but they say it's nothing serious where it's going to mess up the season and all that and career and all that. So that's the good part. But again, the bad part, ankles suck. They hurt this and that. Hopefully it doesn't slow him down at all moving forward. But at least you'll have time to heal. At least, you know, a few months here to heal up as we head back to regular, <laughs> regularly scheduled program, so to speak. 82-game seasons, fans in the buildings, playing in your building. And, of course, <clears throat> starting on time again. Starting in, like, the October-November era, which is, you know, basketball and hockey starting in October-November. Ah, wonderful. Uh, the only sport that really didn't have any weird changes last year was the NFL, and they really, really came out good. I mean, they got the Super Bowl out of the way right before things started locking down, and then they got to start at normal times and all that, just no preseason games. So in a way, that was weird, and of course, no fans in the building. Strange and awkward 
starting out there, but as things gradually move forward, some of the southern states <clears throat> have fans in the building. I tend to lean that direction. That's just the way I, uh, I kind of say. Uh, the NBA trade machine. So here's this thing floating around. This is our best friend here. And, of course, we have our friend in the Timberwolves organization that created it. And, of course, that is the vice president of operations, Sachin Gupta. So really cool to have that guy right there in the uh, organization. So, hey, just whip out your trade machine, Sachin. So, and let's get things rolling. <laughs> I joined the Timberwolves uh, right with uh, Rosas there. Pretty cool. Well, here's the trade machine. Possible targets for the Timberwolves in the offseason via trade. Could be Miles Turner of the Indiana Pacers. Obviously a, a well-known name and a good player and all that. Obviously, you know, there's... You know, he would, he would help the Wolves, obviously, down low. No question about that. How, how are we going to get him on Minnesota? Well, let's look at the trade machine now. Mr. Up, oh, I got the salaries up. Let's move over here. <laughs> Again, NBA trade machine, ESPN.com, NBA trade machine. Google it. It's a lot of fun. Miles Turner makes $18 million with three years remaining. So that's how that stands. Yeah, so... If the Wolves were to, say, throw in Malik Beasley, I don't know why this just popped up. I just went to his profile. Whoops. <laughs> so Malik Beasley would be one of the trade targets heading to Indiana. Of course, he's, it's going to be him, if anybody. Um, because it sounds like the Wolves are not going to be willing to trade Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, or Anthony Edwards. Understand Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. D'Angelo Russell, I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. If you want one of the other trade targets that have been mentioned that happen to play his position, I, I, uh, you really want to put like $60 million in one position? Oh, wait, we already did that with Ruby. Okay, not quite, but it was getting up there about 50-ish. Miles Turner, $18 million. Malik Beasley makes 13 so you got to have something else heading to the Indiana Pacers. Would Jared Culver be enough? Maybe. I'm sure he'll, it'll work via the trade, and yes, the trade's successful, so Malik Beasley, Jared Culver. Maybe you have to throw in a pick. I don't know. Miles Turner is a good player. Is he the best player in the world? No, but who is? <laughs> I wouldn't mind Carlos uh, Carlos Levert, obviously. Miles Turner, his numbers aren't that spectacular, but obviously a good, solid player. Over the course of his career, he does block shots. That's what's extremely important. That's where his value truly is. He only got 6.5 rebounds a game last year, which is kind of weird. Uh, during a small sample size in the postseason, in the bubble, so to speak, only four games. He averaged about 11 rebounds there. But generally speaking, he averages less than 7 rebounds a game. That bothers me a little tiny bit. A little bit. But the shot blocking's freaking awesome. He averaged like 3.5 last year. He averaged 4 in the bubble. He's averaging 2.2 over the course of his career. Him being, of course, Mr. Miles Turner. He was a first-round pick in 2015. 11th overall. Born in 1996. So still many, many years ahead of him. He's a year younger than Carl. Anthony Towns, which is nice. He can play power forward and center. 6'11", 250. Bigger dude, of course. Uh, obviously, with Carl Anthony Towns' ability to shoot threes, you know, I mean, it's you can move him around, but so can Miles Turner, actually, believe it or not. About 35% throughout the course of his career. He does attempt a good three or four a game. Last year, he attempted four and a half threes a game, but his three-row percentage down to 335 so it's just something to make note of. He can do it. He can do it. He can be a stretch four, stretch five, just like Carl. So that does not def uh, definitely does not uh, go against what the Wolves want to do, generally speaking. It would be a nice fit for Minnesota. And again, the shot blocking is awesome. Malik Beasley, Jared Culver works. So that's the good part. Uh, what other options could we be looking at heading to Indiana? Obviously, let's imagine they're like, Jared Culver. No, I, I would think they would do that. 
I do think they would. Jake Lehman's a possibility. I don't know. Do they really want Lehman back? Eh. Uh, Okogie's a possibility, of course. But, yeah, I mean, that might end up being what happens. That trade was successful as well. Uh, Wolves, uh, according to Hollinger, it says the Wolves get three more wins and the Indiana Pacers get two more losses at the end of that. So it's like, eh, you know, it could be worse. Ed Davis, obviously, is coming off the books. Jared Vanderbilt is coming off the books. That's unfortunate. So... It's just possibilities. It could be guys like Okogi or Okogi Lehman or uh, Culver heading to the Pacers. If I'm the Pacers, I try to I take my chances with uh, Jared Culver. Of course, again, you're probably filling up your roster with too many guys to play the same position. Sounds familiar around these parts. Uh, yeah, but so if they want a bigger guy to kind of you know sort of replace uh, that that guy, I don't know, <laughs> sort of replace that guy, Miles Turner, I guess maybe Jake Lehman. I don't know if he'd help that much. Juancho Hernan Gomez. Actually, you know, Hernan Gomez even. Juancho Hernan Gomez, maybe. He's not really a big man, though, is he? He's more of a small forward type. Even though he's taller, but he doesn't really play a big man game. <sighs> yep, the Hernan Gomez uh, idea works, this and that. They all work. So the money's not going to be difficult for Miles Turner. It's just a matter of what would the Pacers want other than Malik Beasley. Because that's who would be going there, I've got to think. And if they say no to Malik Beasley, oof, I don't know. It's a tough one. It's got to involve Millie Beasley. He's the most likely guy to get traded. I got to think from the Wolves moving forward. It's got to be. So Philadelphia 76ers, this is the one that gets extremely complicated. Extremely complicated because the Wolves are saying that D'Angelo Russell's untouchable. I almost burst out laughing when I saw that. Why? That basically kills most of your trade options going forward. Especially if you're trying to really aim high and you really want Ben Simmons. Well, who do you want him for? Jared Culver and Malik Beasley and, and 99 draft picks? Okay, yeah, let's just trade away every draft pick we ever had. Now, Rubio is definitely a trade asset with the $17 million. That's the one hope where it could be a three-team trade with the Toronto Raptors. That's the one everybody keeps bringing up. Or not everybody, but multiple sources in this town keep bringing up. Kyle Lowry makes as much as Benjamin Simmons. Kyle Lowry... Has won a championship. He's gutty, but he is 36 years old. And he's kind of a rented player, but maybe you want to kind of just get the salary off the books if you're Philadelphia, in a sense. I don't know, though. I don't know if you really want to drop off in age that much. That's a big problem in terms of, like, you're literally as good as Kyle Lowry as he's old. I love Kyle Lowry. I have been a big fan of Kyle Lowry going all the way back to the Memphis Grizzlies when he backed up Michael Conley with that club. Uh, so... Keep that a note. So let's look at Ricky Rubio. Let's try to do this whole, uh, I thought I knew what I was doing there. Oh, you have to select which team he's going to. He'd be going to the Raptors. Ricky Rubio would be going to the Raptors. I'm trying to do a three-team trade. I don't do these very often. Benjamin Simmons to the Wolves. Benjamin, isn't that cute? See how see how cultured I Okay, I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, Kylis, Kylis, Kyle Lowry. I'm just teasing. To the Sixers. There'd have to be draft picks involved, and there probably would be a, a number of them. So make note of that. I don't know if they show this in the draft machine. They don't, no. And I didn't think they did. Al Horvath. Da, 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 da. What are those? those? Oh, that's trade exception money. But I bet you something like that would be involved for salary cap purposes in this somehow, some way. Now, how could Anthony Tolliver be making only two sixty-three? There's not a soul in the NBA that makes that little. Maybe the maybe the janitor. <laughs> and sadly, they probably do make that much. The janitors, which <laughs> would be pretty high-paying. Uh, would don't be surprised if the 
Sixers or Raptors want to get Jay, like a, somebody like a Jaden McDaniels. They may try to push for somebody like that. I wouldn't be too happy to see him go, but that could end up being a, a, a negotiating point. It could be. Uh, the money works with Simmons and Lowry. It just works straight up, but the Wolves would have to kind of put piece things together for the Raptors. Would the Raptors want to give up Lowry for Rubio and, let's say, yeah, the same old, yep, say my, uh, Malik Beasley again? Possibly. Uh, does the money work? What just happened? Oh, I went to the wrong play, wrong team. I thought I said the Raptors. That would not work. There's no way. Raptors, please. Thank you. So the money should work. Let's see if this goes through. It did. So Rubio Beasley to the Raptors. Kyle Lowry to the Sixers. Benjamin Simmons to the Timberwolves. Uh, that does work. I'm sure they involved draft picks, this and that. The Wolves have a 5-plus win ratio, so obviously the Wolves would win this trade in a lot of ways. So that's why you'd probably add some draft picks in there. Uh, the Sixers only lose two two wins, and the Raptors lose three. It's not like the Raptors are getting crap in return. They're giving up an old guy for Rubio, who's got some nice leadership skills. He can still play a little bit. Uh, yeah, 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 he can. I'm just teasing. <laughs> Malik Beasley, they'd probably get a draft pick or two to in Toronto. I don't think they would just get just uh, those two guys. Sixers would probably get some kind of a draft pick mixed in, and the Wolves would get Ben Simmons, and that's it. Obviously, Ben Simmons is not known for his offense, and he kind of choked big time with the 76ers, and he heard the crowd boo the bleep out of him, and he said, that's fine, that's Philly, you know. And it, it is Philly, so it is. <laughs> I agree, it's Philly. <laughs> so they're kind of jackasses in Philadelphia. They kind of are. They're kind of jerks, aren't they? <laughs> so that's all that goes. Uh, could the other team possibly be the Portland Trailblazers. Could it be the Portland Trailblazers because uh, Mr. Damian Lillard is trying to get out of there, supposedly. We all know how that can go. Things change. Guys get happier. $31 million, so the money would work again. Uh, Lillard would go to the Sixers. Man, that's crazy. But the Blazers, who the heck do the Blazers get? Yeah, that's the thing. It, 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 yeah, I think it would be more like Simmons. This would not happen. This just would not happen. I'm out of my mind even thinking about this. Because who would the Blazers get? Malik Beasley and Rubio? They're not going to do that. Malik Beasley and Rubio for ben, for uh, Damian Lillard? <laughs> They'd laugh you right out of the building. They'd say, no, that's okay. The Sixers would probably do it, though. Simmons for Lillard, I think they'd do it in a heartbeat. Actually, well, the Sixers would. Would the uh, Blazers? Maybe. The Blazers, maybe. The money would definitely work, so that wouldn't be the problem. It's a, just a matter of pleasing the Blazers in their return. Uh, safe coming in a three-team trade with the Wolves. I'm guessing this is impossible. Yeah, the money would work. Sure, you could put Beasley and Culver. Oh, yeah, it works. Yeah, sure, it works. It works great. Beasley and Culver. <laughs> no, not Beasley and Culver. Rubio and Beasley. Yeah, that would. they would just jump to that. Oh, they'd jump to that. I'm going to put Rubio and Beasley. Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, of course I'm going to put Rubio and Beasley. But um, you probably have to include McDaniels. I'm sorry, Jaden. I'm going to miss you so much. But you'd have to. Uh, no. No, Portland, uh, Philadelphia would have to give up something in this case. Come on. <laughs> right? I don't know. It would be draft picks. Uh, mostly, I think, would, would, would shape this out. Maybe Philadelphia gives up Seth Curry. Seth Curry. Maybe. I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough to say. I think Philly and... Uh, Philly and Portland might actually do a straight up just because of the age did the age difference for Portland. 
And then, of course, Philadelphia, the immediate, like, we're, we're going to win the championship, damn it. We're going to the finals. Screw the Bucks. We're going to the finals. There's no doubt about this. Just stay freaking healthy, Joel Embiid. We're going to the finals. And uh, all is all is right with the, the world, so to speak, in terms of those guys, most likely. Philly would probably have to throw in one other player, maybe Seth, which wouldn't kill them. Obviously, he's a wonderful third guard who can really shoot Seth Curry, Seth the one that doesn't wiggle around and act like a jackass every time he makes a shot. Yeah, that one. You know, the one that doesn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just love that he doesn't. I'm happy that he doesn't. It's better. Uh, this trade would work. Yeah, Rubio and Beasley for... Yeah, no. Obviously, it would be like five draft picks or something stupid like that. I don't like mortgaging the future in terms of giving away all your draft picks. But it would probably be draft picks from Philly and Minnesota uh, to Portland. Portland would get a haul. For Damian Lillard, obviously he's one of the best players in the league, because this shows how yeah, eleven less wins for Portland. But you're not going to win a trade trading away Damian Lillard. You're not going to win a trade doing that. Even if you get Anthony Edwards back, maybe maybe Anthony Edwards eventually would take off, but it wouldn't be immediate. It would take time. Uh, Wolves would gain five wins. Portland, or excuse me, Philadelphia would gain six wins, and Portland would lose eleven. Eleven. So of course Portland would get raped in that one. Uh, without multiple draft picks and maybe even another player included. But financially, it works. <laughs> Woohoo! It works financially. <sighs> As for other trade ideas, it's it's kind of hard to say. There's uh, there's uh, Bradley Beal always out there. People always talk about Bradley Beal. You don't hear about him as much, and I think he wants to stay in Washington, which I'm, I guess he does. The two worst logos in the league. Okay, I'm just kidding. The Wizards logo is worse because there's nothing there. The Wolves logo, it's the same damn thing with the Timberwolves, you know, with the wolf, the Howling Wolf and the words Minnesota Timberwolves added onto it. It's the same damn thing. It's so creative. It's just mind-boggling how creative it is. Ugh, Bradley Beal. Oh, I hate when I do that. Bradley Beal to the Wolves. Rubio Beasley. That's all it ever is. See, now the creativity's out the window. It's got to be more than Rubio and Beasley, doesn't it? Probably. It'd probably have to be... Yeah, it would probably be a lot. Like, it would be way more. Multiple draft picks. Jaden McDaniels. They'd probably try to get Russell or uh, Anthony Edwards, though. And we'd have to, like, say, no way, Jose, leave us alone, that type of thing. Let's say we throw in uh, McDaniels with Rubio and Beasley. I'm not sure if the finances would work. Yes, it would. Okay, yeah, because it's only $2 million for Jaden. Late uh, first-round pick. Again, 12, 12 losses. For Washington, nine wins for Minnesota. Again, so it would be tons of draft picks if the Wolves tried to do that. Otherwise, Washington would probably tell us where to go, and it wouldn't be a good place. So that's just all there is to say about that. Um, trying to be creative, trying to think about trade ideas. It's, it's pretty much the only way the Wolves are going to get anywhere. Obviously, you'd have to make a trade to even get a draft pick. You'd have to trade away a player. Uh, Jared Culver, maybe, but I don't know if you'd really get much for Jared Culver. In, in in the draft. It would have to probably be something else. So, I don't know. Maybe a future pick to get a pick, which would be kind of dumb. I think we're okay in that sense if we don't get a draft pick this year. As boring as it is, you look forward to the draft every year. And, but it's just like, damn, you know, I, I guess maybe not. I guess not. Uh, you look at the salaries. Terrell Anthony Towns has three years remaining. D'Angelo Russell, interesting thing of note here. D'Angelo Russell only has two years left on his contract. D'Angelo Russell has two years left on his contract. Do you, do you realize that? So that could start picking up here again pretty soon. Interesting. Uh, Beasley. This is weird. It just, it doesn't seem right to me, but 
it ends yeah, at the team option at the end of 2023, 2024. So like June 2024, July, whatever. It just seems too fast, doesn't it? Juancho Hernan Gomez only has two years left. Jared Culver qualifying offer at the end of 24, 23, 24. Qualifying offer for Okogie at the end of 23, or 22, 23. Jake Lehman's a free agent after next year. Sorry for the banging noise here. Ed Davis off the books. There's like no chance he comes back. Jared Vanderbilt, I'd love to bring back. Um, I'm sure the Wolves can do it. And I can't imagine he's not happy here. So we'll have to wait and see. Cole Aldrich had some dead money on the salary still this year uh, because of, uh, you know, he was he was uh, bought out. Funny to think you have to buy out Cole Aldrich. But it was 685 and that comes off the books. Doesn't make a whole lot of difference. The Wolves cap is actually higher by about a million dollars next year. About 900000 officially-ish around there. Uh, because guys like Carl Anthony Towns' salary goes up. D'Angelo Russell goes up about three million bucks. Both of them go about two or three million each. Edwards is up about a five hundred k. Juan Hernan Gomez five hundred k. You could go on forever. It's like one of those meetings at work, right? <laughs> You're talking about finances, but yeah, everybody's salary goes up a little bit. Okogi almost two million. Wow, that's a big jump. So that's part of the reason why it goes up a little bit, despite the fact a couple players are off the books, like Ed Davis five million off. Cole Aldrich, 685, and I think Jared Vanderbilt's going to get some kind of a raise and he's our free agent, that type of thing. So, God willing, I'll be able to bring him back uh, somehow, some way. It would suck to lose him, but hopefully somehow, some way we can bring him back. I'm sure we'll use like maybe two, maybe about two million or something every one year, two-year contract, three-year contract for six million, something like that for Jared Vanderbilt. Would he be willing to go down that far? Would he be demanding four or five? I'm not sure. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Alan Crabb, they're still showing him there, but no money. So I don't have to worry too much. Jordan McLaughlin, I doubt he's back. I just doubt it. Nas Reed could be a trade ship. It sounds like he would be, and it wouldn't offer much for money. It would just be a throw-in to help things out with Philadelphia or uh, uh, Indiana Pacers for Miles Turner. That's probably the name that should have been brought up. So Because if you're giving up, um, like you're losing, or yeah, if, if Indiana's giving up Miles Turner, they're probably going to want like a Nas Reed back. For some size, obviously. Somebody who's got some, some ability, some talent. Nas Reed was wonderful last year. Uh, neither one of them is a, is a spectacular rebounder. Nas Reed's a decent shot blocker, but not as good as Miles Turner. And he would be, he would be a piece to go along with Malik Beasley in a trade. i got to think Nas Reed would have to be included in that trade. It's a bummer. He's not the biggest guy ever, though. Only six foot nine. That's the one thing he's actually kind of, you know, he's short for a center. That's one thing to, uh, to think about. And I even thought of him as a power forward because of that. He could play power forward next to Carl Anthony Towns, and why the hell not? Why the hell not at the end of the day? Though, of course, that would not free up Carl Anthony Towns. We're bringing in Miles Turner, who's pretty big, could uh, could could do that. Free up Carl Anthony Towns to play more of his stretch four type of game. Stretch four, stretch five, stretch five type of game. This and that. Rubio's definitely going to be a trade asset because of the money. And conversation about, oh my god, if you get rid of Rubio, that would break Anthony uh, Edwards' heart. I don't think it would. Anthony Edwards is a strong person. You know, obviously he's physically strong. You can see him. He's got that LeBron James type of body. But he's got a strong personality, too. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would be broken up over that. As a rookie, it's a, he's, uh, Ricky Rubio is a fantastic mentor to Anthony Edwards. But I think going forward, it's not going to kill Anthony Edwards. See, somebody like Carl Anthony Towns, who's just, you know, he's a little bit more... You know, he's, he's a little more fragile personality than Anthony Edwards. He's got a little bit more of that B-plus personality. 
where he's not just a beta, but it's like a beta plus where it's heading towards alpha, but not there. That's probably more helpful to have a slightly more of an A personality in Ricky Rubio to help lead and help him kind of guide him along the way. Anthony Edwards has the same personality as the first letter in his name. He's, he's an alpha personality, which is good. It's good. Uh, Anthony Edwards is the future captain of the Timberwolves. I don't think he's that going to be that broken up about it. He, he'd be disappointed. He'd be sad to see him go. But if it helped the team, it's one of those cliches. Well, if it helps the team, you know, that, then we, we got to worry about that first. You know, if it makes the team better, blah, blah, blah. Like they always say in the press conferences and post-game interviews and all that good stuff. So, somebody's going to get traded at some point. There's got to be some change. You're not going to have the exact same roster back and then like you're going to, okay, you bring back Jared Vanderbilt too. You just re-sign Jared Vanderbilt and that's the that's the uh, highlight of the offseason. I doubt it. I think Culver gets thrown in in a deal for somebody to say, hey, you know, two years in Minnesota, they, they just they screwed him up. They didn't really help him. We can boost his confidence and help turn him into a valuable piece, especially with that tenacious defense that is there with Jared Culver. And there is a shot there. It's just a matter of putting it all together with Jared Culver. Not sure if it's going to happen here, but it could happen in Indiana. It could happen in Philadelphia, Portland. Who knows? It's going to be somewhere. It would have would have happened in Phoenix, probably, with the way things have turned out in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk Phoenix, Arizona would be what it is right now? <laughs> wow. And the cool part of that whole thing was they were their original professional sports franchise, Phoenix Suns, not the Phoenix Cardinals or Arizona Cardinals who moved in the 80s or the Arizona Diamondbacks, or as hell not them, or the Phoenix Coyotes who became the Arizona Coyotes. In 1997, moving from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Okay, that's not how we say it, but <laughs> Winnipeg, 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 Manitoba. <laughs> uh, there's got to be some movement. There is. It's the only way to really do anything is to make some kind of trade. Luckily, Mr. Gerson Rosas and Sajan Gupta, guys like that, extremely creative minds who have a good idea what they're doing in terms of managing the cap and collaborating and all that. They made some interesting and some fun trades in the past. It was, it was fun to keep up with back in February 19. It was fun to keep up with, wasn't it? It was very entertaining. I, I enjoyed the hell out of that. I expect a little more of that this year, but not quite as drastic. I don't think we're going to see two-thirds of the roster leave the Timberwolves this summer. But it could be up to a third. It could be up to a quarter of the roster moving on. Or just two or three guys. It is what it is. There's improvements to be made, obviously. We need better defense. We need more size. You know, and you're not going to get it in the draft this year, but we need more defense. We need more size. So that spells Miles Turner to me. But uh, there's other options out there, I'm sure. That the, But that's where their creative minds come in, play, to head in that direction. As you just think about it. I mean, a guy I would love to acquire who wouldn't cost a whole lot would be, I've mentioned him a million times, Daniel Arturo uh, from the... Clippers. And it's not just because he was on the Gophers. He plays the kind of game that I really like. He can block shots, he can rebound, and he can shoot threes. He's, he's just, I, I really like Daniel Oturu. I wouldn't mind somehow, someway getting getting him from the Clippers. Prying him away from the Clippers if it wouldn't take too much. Obviously, financially, it wouldn't take hardly anything. 1.5 mil going forward in that case. 1.5 mil. Heck, you know, that's Nas Reed, basically, which is funny. Um, though I'm sure most Timberwolves fans would scream at the thought of Nas Reed moving to the Clippers for Daniel Oturu, but, mm, you know, it's out there. Let's trade Cole Aldrich. Just, no, it's off the books. I'm just teasing. Uh, <laughs> who knows? Maybe you can get him somehow, some way. But 
I'm guessing that won't happen, so I'm not getting too excited about it. Obviously, I didn't do really research on the draft because I don't think the Wolves are going to make him. Uh, I don't think they're going to acquire a draft pick. And the question would be, where would their pick be? Would it be in the 20s? Would it be in the 30s? Would it be like, yeah, would it be at the very end anyway? So it's kind of a crapshoot. Who, who would be available there? This and that. But obviously, I would lean towards a larger player coming to the Timberwolves. Maybe we can look at the mock a tiny, tiny bit if uh, humanly possible. And one of my favorites is NBADraft.net. Cade Cunningham would be going to Detroit. That's the name that's been floating out there forever as the top guy. Jalen Green going to Houston. Jalen Green going to Houston, number two, instead of Evan Mobley. Hmm. Well, okay. Jalen Suggs then would end up going, yeah, and Evan Mobley to Cleveland, who got the third pick. Toronto, fourth pick, Jalen Suggs. Fifth pick, Jonathan Kaminga. Sixth pick, Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes. And then the Wolves pick, which is, of course, the Golden State Warriors, Keon Johnson. So that would be who they'd be looking at out of Tennessee. Moses Moody going to Orlando, eighth. Sacramento, seventh. Uh, ninth, pardon me, Jalen Johnson. Out of Duke. Corey Kispert going to New Orleans, tenth. Kai Jones, eleventh to Charlotte, and so on and so forth. I don't want to babble too long. Houston does have two picks. 23-24, so maybe, maybe, maybe you could get one of those. Uh, Jaden Springer, Trey Murphy. Trey Murphy out of Virginia. Uh, but he's a junior. Wow, he's a much older guy. Trey Murphy. Otherwise, uh, Usman. Uh, Usman. Good thing I know how to pronounce that because I, I, I know somebody with that name. Usman Garuba out of Spain. Usman. But the guy I knew was African. <laughs> Spain? Hmm. Usman Garoba, six foot eight. He's not that big. They call him a power forward center, but he's only six eight. Uh, let's get somebody with some height, okay? Western Kentucky. <laughs> Obviously, he's probably got some value. I'm sure he does, but kind of more of a crapshoot in the later first round. Not many, not not all the late first round picks uh, jump up that much. Charles Bassey, six foot eleven, two thirty five. He's somebody with actually a little bit of height and length. He was also a junior out of Western Kentucky. Definitely a crapshoot there. Um, Defensively, he's rated an 8. That's good. Athleticism, only a 7. Size, 9. So he's a big dude. Strength and, and all that. Strength and length. Length. Strength and length. You like how that rolls off your tongue. You can rebound a bit. He's close to being NBA ready. Jump shot's pretty solid. So, I mean, he wouldn't. he'd be a nice pick in the early 20s. Should the Wolves trade up to 23-24. They have him going 27th to the Brooklyn Nets. 27th to the Nets. Interesting thought process. So that could be players you'd be looking at as bigger guys. I got to think it's going to be that. I don't think we're in any rush to get any more swing men or shooting guard or, or point guards, pardon me. It's got to be a power forward center type of player. Should the Wolves get a draft pick? And, well, you would settle that in a heartbeat with Evan Mobley, but the Wolves were unable to get into the top three. That's unfortunate. Um, very, very unfortunate. <laughs> the guy is a little bit of everything. Great defender. He can score. He's athletic. Little bit of everything. Um, He's not looked on as a major leader, but we're okay. We got Anthony Edwards, you got Carl, you got uh, D'Angelo Russell. That's where you wouldn't have to get too drastic with trades necessarily if you had Evan Mobley. Should the Wolves have gotten lucky enough to get into the top two or three in the draft, but they didn't. So we're waiting. We're waiting till next year for the draft. And of course, we'd like to make major improvements this summer, if humanly possible. That's pretty much where things are heading, though. At the end of the day, free agency is what it is. It's, you know, not the most exciting necessarily, and the Wolves just don't have the salary cap to do that. I think more, more than likely we're looking to keep guys like uh, Jared Vanderbilt, 
or at least just him mostly. I don't think we're going to be keeping uh, somebody like Ed Davis or anything like that. So as we briefly look at the NBA free agency, and I mean very briefly, Chris Paul is a free agent. Congratulations already to that, but we'll just leave that alone. He made $40 million last year, this and that. So none, none of these names are names I think the Wolves would go after for a ton of money. Obviously, Derek Rose, he made uh, $7.5 million last year with the Knicks. i got to think he's going to stay there or retire. He'd probably stay there. I don't think he's going to retire. Chris Dunn's a free agent. Go get him. Nerlens Noel, I'm a big fan, but I doubt the Wolves will ever sign him. He's only 27. That's a name I would think about with the uh, salary cap exception. He's the guy I would look at for a salary cap exception move. Say if we have a hell of a time making a trade for a bigger guy. Nerlens Noel, if the son of a biscuit can stay healthy, it'd be great. There's no bird rights for him with the New York Knicks. So come to Minnesota. Come to Minnesota, Nerlens Noel. Maybe we could give him $5 million. You know, I mean, hey, if $5 million works, $5 million works, right, Nerlens? Please, please come to Minnesota, Nerlens. I, I just have always been a fan of his. He doesn't blow you away or your socks, uh, your socks off, you know. But he can, he can uh, block shots. That's what I like, and he would, he would definitely help in that category. What the hell? Yeah, Frank, yeah, the French point guard. It seems like yesterday he was in the league for four years already, huh? That's interesting. Malik Monk. Mm, wow, yeah, he's a restricted free agent. I better shut my mouth there. That's uh, not going to happen, Joel. Uh, he's got bird rights. He's a restricted free agent, so he's not coming to Minnesota. Wesley Matthews, if you want a veteran guard to kind of help out. Only made 3.6 last year. Not really looking for the money. Just kind of looking to help out a team and, you know, be a nice veteran leader. He's actually a pretty solid defender. Wayne Rain Ellington at age 33, floating around out of Detroit. 2.5 last year. Jeff Green. Uh, you know, I don't know. I liked him. Carmelo Anthony's a free agent. That's funny. Dwight Howard's a free agent. I don't think we're bringing him in here. Jared Allen, obviously, no way. That's not going to happen without some kind of a trade. Obviously, a significant trade. Maybe he is a trade option, but he's a pretty good player, obviously. Restricted free agent, bird rights and all that. The only reason his salary is down is because he's a draft pick and all that. Matthew Deladova is going back to Aussie. Good for him. Hope he enjoys his time there, and uh, they're happy to have him back, obviously. Aussie. Matthew Deladova. Deladova. I, I talk about him all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with him. Maryland's Noel. Hey, if you can get him at $5 million a year for like a year, two years, three years, you know, and then see what happens. Go for it. He's, he's 27. He's not ancient. He's still very young. I wouldn't be against that at all. Uh, Albert Payton could be a, a possible backup point guard option should the Wolves deal away Rubio and you need to sign somebody. That's another possibility. I kind of like Payton a little bit. Kind of like Albert, even though I teased him about his uh, banana-looking hairdo about two years ago. I gave him a hard time, but it was fun. I, it was all in good fun. Uh, we'll never have the money to sign this guy, but because he's going to want more than he's getting now. <laughs> Rashawn Holmes out of uh, out of Sacramento. That's not going to happen. He made under five million last year. Unrestricted free agent, early bird rights. Sacramento's probably going to do the best they can to keep him. He's not a star, but he's good. He's so good, and I really like him. He gets hurt though a little bit. So does Nerlens Noel. That's the thing. But those are the names I would look at via free agency. Should the Wolves, uh, obviously, we're going to sign somebody. We're going to sign somebody. That, that's a given. So those are the names I would look at at the end of the day. With that said, we'll take a break and come back with fan interaction.
just a quick note. You'll hear me mention in the fan interaction segment, oh, I didn't hear from Tanae. Tanae didn't uh, get to me. I guess uh, hopefully next show. Send something in next show. Well, he did send something in after I recorded the fan interaction segment, so might as well actually put it right here at the beginning, right here, right now. So again, you'll hear me mentioning I didn't hear from him, but I did, and here he is right here, right now. How's it going, Joey? Um, so I'm just here to do my uh, State of the Timberwolves uh, run-through. I've read through all the comments on the Facebook page, so I'm trying to try and be a little bit different to what everyone else has put. Obviously, if we're just going to go who the MVP was and stuff, like the actual MVP, it's going to be Anthony Edwards, but I'll try to stay away from that and say something a bit different. So for my MVP, I went with the player development from... You know, Jaden McDaniels, Nas Reed, even Jalen Noel. Like, we've had a lot of uh, young guys come through and show that they can play at the NBA level. Um, Jaden McDaniels, he's probably, I'd say he's almost my favourite player on the team now. The defence he brings, it's just, he can mark anyone one through four. He struggles a little bit with the, the bigger, the bigger, more physical guys, but he's got fast feet, quick hands. He times his blocks like nothing I haven't seen in a long time he he seems to have a good gauge of how quickly he can get up on a player instead of just jumping a lot of NBA guys they chase that block stat but he's he's smart enough to just stay stay in position and he'll get out to people when he needs to and like having a player like that he our defense would be absolutely horrific if we didn't have him there like guys are getting blown by all the time and stuff like that but at least he can some sort of like resilient effort every single play, every single game. Um, it would be cool if we could get everyone else playing that sort of defense or even just giving that much effort. But, you know, it's, I guess that's not the NBA today. Um, but then we got Nas Reed, 2019 draft pick, second round. Like, he, he's looking incredible. We got a, we do pretty good with picking centers, I feel like, in later rounds. Um, we, I think we picked Pekovic up. Was he a second rounder? I think he was. I'm not 100% on that. But like, he was awesome as well. Um, we need to get good defensive centres. But I thought Towns was going to be back when we drafted him. He was touted to be a, a defensive presence over the offence that he, he's shown throughout his career. But I don't know. Hopefully hopefully this season something's going to be different, this season coming up. Um, but, yeah, just the player development, I, I thought was awesome. Even Jalen Noel, like, he... And the limited time he's played, he's been awesome. Just an absolute spark plug off the bench. He just dominates offensively in those little streaks where he just goes on fire. Defensively, horrific, but <laughs> you could say that almost without anyone on the team, I guess. Um, but, yeah. So that, that's it for my MVP. Um, biggest disappointment. Probably, it would have to be the coaching, I guess. Um, Saunders at the start of the season is just a disaster, but it's hard to say if it's the coaching or if it's the team they've built or if it's the injuries. So if you want to say it's the injuries, then how come other teams, when they get injured, they can like bring in other players and they seem to... Not, they, they'll stay close to 500. We can't even stay at 500 when we've got the whole team together. Well, we did near the end of the season, I guess, but... It's hard to get a good gauge of what a coach is doing when he's just injured all the time. But in saying that, Saunders had, was it two and a half seasons? And we never looked like we were going to make the playoffs, really. 
even at the start of the season when we had Towns, it was I was hopeful, but at the same time I sort of and in my head I knew that we weren't going anywhere. But it, it's just a bit of heart talking, and I thought we might make the playoffs this year and stuff like that. So I was sad to see him go. It was a cool legacy story that he's coached this team that his dad had brought together. But in saying that, uh, Tibbs he, he pretty much cleaned us. Like we could. Levine's not there anymore. Um, Dan, uh, Shabazz, you know, like a lot of players are gone from that group that that was Flip's vision. Like we've we've got this cool core now that seems seems like um, Coach Finch is going to be able to sort something out with offensively. I don't know about defensively. That's his big his big uh, thing that he's notoriously not great at planning for, but. Even on defense, anyway, we're terrible, so I feel like we can't get much worse. Even just showing a different look might get players engaged more again on defense. But um, yeah, I don't know if my disappointments the the um, the coaching, the injuries, or the, the actual build of the team because the injuries sort of played into my MVP of the season, I guess, by getting those players developed, like. Um, and being able to start and things like that, and Jaden McDaniel was getting the starting opportunities. Jalen Noel was coming off the bench all of a sudden, playing the point. Like, uh, it's, it's a disappointment, but at the same time, what felt like was going to be a lost season, at least we're getting some sort of positive aspect out of it. Um, yeah, that's just me trying to put a positive spin on a pretty terrible season, I guess. But uh, my biggest surprise for the season. We'll stay with the, the coaching, and it, it would be Chris Finch. Um, I had no idea who he was, to be honest, at the start of the season. When he got hired, I went straight to YouTube and had to look him up. And just seeing the, the players that he's worked with, like Jokic and um, Anthony Davis and stuff, and the, the leaps that I've taken with him, I, I got pretty pretty excited about the, the possibility of Towns all of a sudden, you know, Davis has played at MVP levels. Jokic, this year's MVP. So imagine if we can get an MVP, Carl Anthony Towns. He's got a long way to go, don't get me wrong. But, you know, Coach Finch seems to be a, a, a specialist when it comes to centres that can pass, shoot, play the perimeter. Um, he seemed excited about the team. The team looks a lot better, but I don't know if that's just because, you know, we're at the end of the season. Our schedule was quite easy towards the end of the season. Um, we had a we had a lot of uh, uh, like easy games and we we had a few close games. But even when you come into the end of the season, it's hard to say. I remember a few years ago, like Ricky Rubio was having triple doubles against the Spurs, but that's because it's end of the year. Like Spurs had their playoff spot already uh, this year. I, I can't remember any off the top of my head, but we might we might beat some of the better teams. But I think maybe the Clippers just seem to let that game go at the end of this season where they were trying to get their match up with Dallas, I think, in the playoffs or whatever was happening. Um, but yeah, it, even then, the, the offense looks good with them. Everything just runs a lot smoother. There's a lot more looks. People are getting better looks. Um, it seems like uh, like Carl Anthony Towns, he could have a triple-double every game if we start just making shots consistently and stuff like that, but yeah, it's a it's going to be the defense. So I really want to see us get someone that's good as a defensive coordinator for the team or an assistant coach that's a defensive um, mastermind for the team. 
um, a lot of people were saying, oh, we should hire David Vanderpool. No, we shouldn't have. <laughs> He's been on the coaching staff for however long. and You know, wasn't he in charge of the defense? And that, what have they done? They've just been terrible for, well, ever since I can remember. I can barely remember a good defensive Timberwolves team. But, yeah, that's uh, that's all I've got to say. I've, I've run a bit long, sorry. So hopefully this is usable for the podcast. And cheers, mate. Hopefully everything's good on your end. And I can't thank you enough, Tanae. Uh, that was awesome. Awesome calling. Uh, awesome conversation. Yep, it was, sure, you could say long, but it was a good kind of long. It's good information, as the forecaster used to say back in the day. Uh, lots to unpack, you can say. I'm not going to babble on and, like, talk over you here, so I'll keep my I'll keep what I have to say short. Uh, player development, cool, cool way to go about that. You come up with Nas Reed and uh, Jayla, uh Jaden McDaniels. It's pretty exciting, obviously, really nice future. And the thought of uh, Chris Finch taking over, uh, you, you, you feel bad for Ryan Saunders and moving on. I mean, yeah, I felt really bad too. And that's pretty much the, oh, the, the end of Flip Saunders completely now. It is sad. You know, there, there's an end to everything, isn't there? Um, obviously, wishing Ryan the best. He still hasn't uh, come out and said anything about what took place. He's probably just, you know, just doesn't want to, I guess. He doesn't want to get into that, I suppose. But uh, Chris Finch taking over, yeah, I mean, there is a rhyme and a reason to things. And I think he is potentially going to be the coach that we all remember of the Timberwolves uh, going forward in the future. Like years from now, we're going to remember Chris Finch as the guy that I think is, I, I think he is going to be a difference maker for this franchise moving forward. Uh, obviously, the you know, the rhyme, the reason, and... He, he knows what he's doing, and I think he's just, you know, it, it it was a matter of time that he'd be a successful head coach in the NBA, and I think we're very fortunate to have him. With that, I will now shut up and get back to the regular fan interaction segment. back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number three, fan interaction segment of State of the Timberwolves 2021. Great pleasure, always. Let's start off with a Twitter account, if humanly possible, at TWolvesEX, at TWolvesEX. Do join that Twitter account again. Low amount of followers because I had to start over, basically. It used to be at Wolves Explosion, now it is TWolvesEX. Basically, I had to start all over with Twitter, so low amount of followers. Please join it. If one of you are one of the one of the many many people that were following the one before that haven't yet, please do. It would be greatly appreciated. Want to thank Tanae Brown, out of New Zealand, Vince Germano, out of Australia, and Levi Brown, also out of New Zealand, for retweeting the most recent episode. This number just doesn't seem right, does it? Episode three oh seven playoffs preview. I guess this is episode three oh eight. Yeah, yeah, it should be saying 309, so i got to probably change something. But episode 307, the playoffs preview, all the way back in May. It's been a while since the last episode, hasn't it? Yeah, so got to change that number to 308. My apologies, I have something in the background here, but this is episode 308, of course. We'll move forward. Nick Timus, Nick Timus, out of Australia, not out of Pennsylvania, but out of Australia, 
He says, going to listen to this at work today. This is back in May, the most recent episode, of course. Again, it's been a while. He says, P.S., thanks for the shutout the other day. I laughed because you said you thought I was from Pennsylvania. And I was like, what? But then remembered, I put my hometown on Facebook as Intercourse Pennsylvania as a joke like 12 months ago. And he has a laughing emoji. Yep. <laughs> yeah, for some reason I thought it was Pennsylvania. It's like, I knew he's from Australia. I knew that. And then it's like, wait a minute, Pennsylvania? Maybe he's an Australian living in Pennsylvania now, I guess. Um, no, he's an Australian living in Australia. So, <laughs> Nick Demas, thank you. Awesome, Kai. Hope to hear from you more and more and more. And I believe we will a few more times on this episode. Really, really cool guy. Uh, gosh, I know him the last two years or so now. It's been, it's been a little bit. Nick Demas again says, no worries. I was joking about it. He says, yep, I'm an Aussie. By the way, your Aussie accent impression was actually very good. Well, thank you. Well, thank you, mate. I really appreciate that. Uh, reckon I keep trying to do the Aussie accent if I can. That'd be uh, greatly appreciated. And I'm certainly not doing it to be, you know, degrading to any Australian. That's for sure. I And I'm not trying to be obnoxious about it either. I love you guys. I'm dead serious. I love you guys from New Zealand as well. Tanae and Levi. I mean, I legitimately love, just love Australia. Love New Zealand. I mean, you know, if I ever leave the United States, it's going to be one of those two countries, man. Let me tell you. Um, I just, I love it. I, I just love it. Honest to God. Vince Germano, speaking out of us, speaking of Australia, and a great, great friend of this show and of myself for quite a while now. Been about a decade already. Wow, I think it's circa 2012, right? Summer of 2012. It is 2021 now. About that. Man, nine years, Vince. Nine years. Wow. Wow. Um, KFAN, KFAN 103, basically, it's well, it's 100, it's one, it's 100.3, but they do it KFAN 1003, I guess. And they say, let's play a game. Name the first player that comes to mind when you see this logo. Um, and I didn't respond, I don't think. I thought I did, but I think I was, I must have been working or something. I don't know, and I deeply apologize. It's the original Timberwolves logo. For me, it's Doug West or Pooh Richardson. I'll say Doug West. I mean, I always remember him very well, and he had those big games. He had that wonderful season. Was it the second? I think it was 91-92. He averaged like 19.3 points a game. He was really good. That's when I really became a full-time Timberwolves fan. I do go back to the beginning, but I wasn't full-time. I was kind of casual, kind of in and out. I was a young guy, you know. What was that? What was it? 89, so I must have been 10 years old. By, but by 91-92, I was a sports-aholic. The Twins had won the World Series in October 91, and I had started, you know, following the Twins full-time, like midway through that season or so. They had that 15-game win streak, and it's like, I need to just become a full-time sports fan. Stop all this in-and-out bullcrap. I already liked all the teams, but I was just lazy about keeping up with them, per se. And also, back then, we didn't have cable TV either. That didn't help at all. But there was the radio. There was always the radio, and you had some great announcers. Kevin Harlan with the Wolves, of course. He's the greatest of all time for Minnesota basketball. There's no question about that. Uh, nobody can hold a candle to him with the Timberwolves uh, radio voice or TV voice. Love Chet Harmon. I thought he did a great job. Chet Harmon was underrated. Um, but unfortunately, he's you know not doing it anymore. Al Horton does a great job as well. Um, but, uh, he really does. Very entertaining, very energetic. Why am I going off and off and off into La La Land? But uh, Doug West definitely comes to mind when I think of the original Timberwolves logo. I just, it's its the good old days, you know, and I'd love to go back to those days again. It's too bad that the Wolves were not really good during the time of that logo. In fact, we were bad, but there was always that hope. There was always that hope that the Wolves 
around that time. Like, you know, we're going to break through. We're going to start making the postseason, and God knows what's going to happen after that. And then everything changed. You know, you get Garnett, which is great. Then the year, the next year, we got the new logo and the new jerseys and everything. The new jerseys and the new logo were so cool and so exciting. It was a meaner-looking wolf. But I sit here today longing for that original logo and those original uniforms. Say what you want, but I want them back now. I want them back now. Uh, Marcus the Forecaster, if I ever hear from him again, <laughs> God willing, I, I hope I do someday. Maybe he just happens to be listening. Um, obviously, former co-host of this show. Uh, he was never a fan of this new logo and new uniforms. And I'm not either. I think they stink, honestly. It could be worse, but the logo stinks. You know, I've talked about that before. It looks just like the Washington Wizards with a wolf on it. Whoa, stupid sound bite in the background. That's what I get for having the Facebook thing up, because I want to get to the Facebook page. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's uh, apologize. But I guess everybody has that issue. Oh, yeah, you can tell there's going to be another one coming. But um, every time I see that logo, just, you know, the emotions kind of kick in. And uh, it's the good old days, and I, I, I want those days back. I really do. And it's nothing to do with COVID-19. It has to do with I want those days back. It's called the late 80s and early 90s. Yeah, for every reason there is, I want them back. Vince Germano, of course, said Tony Campbell, and he was downright great the first two years, and then we let him go. Uh, we let, He left as a free agent, basically. Damn, that's really noisy. That's really annoying, actually. So I apologize. I'm going to bring that down if I can. I don't know. Hopefully that didn't affect anything just now with the uh, the show. It shouldn't. Nope, microphone's still what it's doing. Blah, 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 blah. So, yes, yeah, that's a little production here on the fly. Nobody wants to hear that over and over again. Uh, Vince Romano was responding. Yo, did I write Doug? I did write Doug West. Okay, yeah. Well... Yeah, <laughs> just in case I put somebody else. I mean, uh, there's no way I was going to change my mind about that. It's Doug West. Um, Vince Germano says, Lakers head of scouting and assistant to the general manager, Cleveland Browns consultant. Oh, that's him. Yep, he's, he's calling himself that. That's funny. Cleveland Browns consultant and 19 times basketball premier uh, premiership player. Wow, nice. <laughs> Yeah, that's in his description. Of course, Vince Germano out of Australia, out of Melbourne, Australia, in the Victoria Providence. And yes, I did say Doug West, and he did like it. Um, looks like there was a back and forth between Tanay and... Who was he saying this to? Was it to me? Oh! Yes, this was back during the whole Lager situation. And I was saying my Phoenix pick ain't looking good right now. And he says, tell me again why I'm friends with you. Uh, I th was he saying that to me or to Vinra? Uh, to, to Nate? He said Phoenix and Six. And then Vince said, it's okay, I forgive you. I think he was saying that to, to Nate, but it did say replying to TOZX. Maybe it was kind of both of us. Yeah, because we were both picking Phoenix. Me and Tanay were picking Phoenix versus the Los Angeles Lakers. The Los Angeles Lakers. And I'm sure they'll be back at it again. Oh, they will. They'll be back. Um, what's going on here? What's going on here? I was saying Dennis Schrader, Contavious Caldwell, Pope, Wesley Matthews, and Ben McLemore. Oh, yeah, we're a combined one for 20 from the floor. That's not going to get it done anytime, anywhere. NBA playoffs, LA Lakers versus Phoenix. And, yeah, unreal. It was bad. It was bad. You know, one for 20. It's a, it was just, you know, they just weren't helping. You know, and sometimes that happens. Guys get hurt, this and that, and they weren't helping. 
Um, Stu refollowed this one from the old day from yep yep joined again of course he is a part of the fantastic courtside podcast all three of them Wayne Hunt Vince Germano and Stu Benson formed to make the greatest basketball podcast the courtside podcast look it up CRTSDE on Facebook and Twitter look that up and of course you can find it on all the different uh, all the different podcasting applications out there you will find it you will Absolutely, and if not, let me know, and we'll you know we'll we'll, we'll hook you up. <laughs> Levi Brown says, "Okay, so what were, we, what were we talking about here? I was saying process that Philadelphia go Hawks. Love this." Uh, uh, Levi Brown was saying, "Me too. Didn't think they'd pull it off at the start of the series, but glad to see the back of the most uh, the back of my most hated team." Yeah, I mean they were booed the crap out of. That was after Game Seven of the Eastern semis, Hawks and Philadelphia. We talked about that in segment 1.5, the famed segment 1.5, now Timberwolves explosion, the postseason segment. All the booing, all the hatred, all the anger. It's just funny. Um, it was funny. That Hawks or that uh, Philadelphia fan base is really something. They're mean. They're very mean, but that team deserved it in a big way. Hawks uniforms, absolutely awesome. I mean, I, for some reason, I think I like their white ones even more than their red ones, which sounds weird. There's just something about that color scheme that, to me, it's just, it's the best. It's my favorite. It's my favorite color scheme in the whole league. My absolute favorite. There's a lot more to come here in Fan Interaction. We're going to get to Facebook as well, where we can hear more about the uh, conversation about the uh, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, most valuable player. Yeah, that was the conversation there. I was saying, it's like both teams were trying to lose for the longest time. They couldn't buy a bucket. Thank God Atlanta finally got clutched at the end. I love the Hawks and cannot stand the Sixers right now. The fans let them hear it big time. Yep, that was liked. Then a. Brown was saying, should have been a, bo- a both go home game. I cannot stand Trey Young. Seems like an absolute loser of a human being. Then again, Embiid is a Muppet too. Wow. Yeah. Uh, to what? What's the main reason you don't like... Uh, Trey Young, I, I think he's all right. I don't know. Maybe he's not the best. There's a good and there's a bad to a lot of these guys. You know, I mean, I just, I've never liked Steph Curry. I've never liked him. Not even right away. Not even early. I don't know. Always seemed to kind of be, you know, like, uh, he just, he, he just, he just wants to celebrate on somebody. That's what it seems like. It, it, like, are you trying to win the game or just trying to celebrate after every shot? Just, just play the freaking game. It just seemed like it to me. I, I don't know. That, that's the vibe I got from Curry. Yeah, I'm not about, like, cut out every celebration, but it's like every single time you do anything right, you got to make a big scene. It's a little too much. That's what I've never liked about Curry. Kind of, like, he drives me nuts. Dare I say, a loser of a human being. <laughs> Tony Brown says, I feel like, like it went about as well as it could have. I was sure we were going to give the Warriors the fourth pick. Yep, and that was when the Wolves went up with the seventh. And I'm glad we didn't give them the fourth. It ended up being the seventh. I was saying, same old shit. At least the Warriors won't pick too high. Yep, that was that draft night. As it just came up, Warriors. There was no Wolves logo whatsoever because it was over. Uh, Conversation here. Here we go. And I liked what he said. Uh, Mr. God Gifted says, Doc Rivers is overrated. And I was saying, agreed. He was saying, people need to cut it out. Yeah, I, I don't like Doc Rivers. I stopped liking him a long time ago. He's got a big mouth. He's got a big mouth. He loves to complain. He loves to just... He just makes a biatch of himself. An absolute biatch. Something along the lines about the courtside would say uh, he's a peanut or, you know, dare I say, Michael Savage. 
in the uh, talk radio world would say he's a schmuck or something along those lines. Um, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of Doc Rivers anymore. I, I mean, I, I liked him with the Celtics in the Garnett years, especially 2008 when they won it. I loved that. But it's just, I, I don't know, it just got worse and worse, especially once he joined the Clippers. I'm not a fan of Doc Rivers anymore. Yeah. Um, he opens his mouth just too much, too much for me. Um, here's a little conversation regarding your friend uh, Damian Lillard. I was saying I'm beginning to think Damian Lillard is nothing more than a prima donna. He's not happy with any coaching search ever. It's like, shut up already. Uh, Chris Haynes was saying the backlash from Portland Trailblazers coaching search and his concerns over whether a championship contender can be built have become major factors that could force Damian Lillard to request out league sources tell you I was sports. And it turns out the guy he wanted, so he, he can't cry race anymore, obviously, him being Damian Lillard, because he was crying race about Vanderpool not getting hired by the Wolves. Just like, you know, Richard Sherman was pissed off about Eric Bieniemy not getting hired by, not getting hired in the NFL offseason, basically. It wasn't a specific team, like maybe like a Houston um, Texans or something like that. Can't cry race this time because they ended up hiring Chauncey Billups. And here's the thing. Chauncey Billups getting hired by the Blazers. You're, you're upset about that? I, I, I like Chauncey Billups as a player, and I, I like his mindset. You'd rather have Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd has not been good. He's not been good, and I don't think he'd be any better in Portland than he was with the Milwaukee Bucks or the Brooklyn Nets. I, I'm not a fan of Jason Kidd as a coach. In fact, if Jason Kidd was hired by the Wolves tomorrow, I'd be pissed. Let, let's just say the Wolves say, you know what, sorry, Chris Finch, we're, we're, can't, we're, you know, we're firing you to make space for Jason Kidd. I'd be pissed. and that's <laughs> I'd be pissed, and it's nothing to do with any race or anything. Jason Kidd sucks. He's, he, he's not a good coach. He's not a good coach. He was an utter failure in Brooklyn and in Milwaukee. And they screwed over Larry Drew also to hire Jason Kidd in Milwaukee. Utter failure. I don't want anything to do with Jason Kidd as a head coach. As an assistant, I guess he's good. I guess. I mean, you know, it's hard to say, but I guess so. Jason Kidd's not a good coach. Do you really like Jason Kidd that much, Damian Lillard? Or, I, I don't know. But... I never forgot Damian Lillard's reaction to, dare I say, this is where it stems back to my dislike of Damian Lillard, is it, it extends back to the night of the Minneapolis Miracle. Those of you locally that remember uh, Case Keenum to Stefan Diggs, and he was able to stay in bounds, and he was all alone, and it was a Minneapolis Miracle, and the Vikings won. Um, the look on Damian Lillard's face of complete disinterest, like, so, when his teammate was kind of nudging him, because they were watching it, it was on the, the Jumbotron at the Target Center before the Wolves game, Wolves versus Blazers game. It was happening the same night, whatever. It was on the Jumbotron because, you know, they, that game was ending before the Wolves could start. I forget what reason, but that was basically what was going on. And just the look of, like, I don't give a bleep, you know, on Damian Lillard's face, that turned me off. Like, what what a jerk, you know. He, he's so freaking arrogant, you know. That kind of look drives me nuts. Go ahead and say I'm too sensitive but just the look on his face, it's just, I don't know, some of these guys think they're bigger than God. And I, I don't like that. What a jerk, you know. I, you, you, you couldn't even say, wow, like, or something like that. It just, it was literally like, I don't give a bleep. Like, who cares? <laughs> that turned me off just a little bit. So I've, I have not had a whole lot of respect for Lillard since. He's a great player. Love him as a player. But his attitude just, ugh. I don't know. Ugh. I don't like his attitude. Unfortunately, I think a lot of these guys, they, they think they're bigger than God. They, they just do. 
Next, I'll get off my rant now. I apologize. You might be like, what is up with this clown? Sorry, fine. That's how I am. Okay, that's how I see the world. Tony uh, Brown, here we go. This is this is interesting right here. He was saying LOL to Vinrock, courtside, T-Wolves, EX, and Levi. Uh, Simmons is just an athletic Rubio that's more reluctant to shoot. Uh, the sign here, it's the, the meme there where people, where it's the guy sitting with a cup of coffee. And it says, Ben Simmons is just Ricky Rubio. Changed my mind. Well, I think Simmons is a more athletic defender. He's certainly a more athletic uh, version of Rubio, sure. Can't shoot a lick. He doesn't have confidence to shoot. Uh, Rubio sometimes does, sometimes doesn't. There is a good and the bad to Ben Simmons. I would not give up the farm for him, but I do think he'd be an upgrade for Mickey Rubio, no doubt. Obviously, his, his defense is better than Rubio's. It's better. Uh, the athleticism would help a lot defensively compared to Rubio, obviously. Rubio doesn't really have all that much athletic ability other than he's a fantastic passer. And I was just kind of thinking out loud before I started the show. If Ricky Rubio, I mean, it's just, you know, when people used to compare Ricky Rubio with Pistol Pete before he came to the NBA, think about Pistol Pete, though. This is what tells you how good Pistol Pete was, especially to all of you that, like, think Rubio's better than he is. Yeah, Rubio's a decent player who can't shoot well, who can make some great passing ability, but it actually hurts his ability to make those passes when he can't freaking shoot because there's not going to be much of a passing lane because they know you're going to pass. You know, that's where Steph Curry's dangerous with his passing lane because he can shoot the ball. Yeah, I hate the guy, but he's a good player, obviously. Duh. I mean, Steph Curry's so dangerous because of that. You know, you could go on with other players like Gary Payton and such. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jason Kidd became more dangerous because he came, became a better three-point shooter later in his career. Uh, Pistol Peach could pass like Ricky Rubio, but was like a upper 20s points-a-game kind of guy. Bonafide superstar. And and it's like, just imagine if Ricky Rubio could shoot. He would be a bonafide superstar. It's a crying shame that that wasn't the case. But uh, then you could compare him to Pistol Pete. Because, yeah, Pistol Pete had fantastic passing skills, but was an upper 20s a game kind of score. He was, he really was one of the greatest players of all time uh, that you never saw. Because he played for the Utah Jazz in a time when nobody would really heard of the Utah Jazz hardly. And then he suddenly died of a heart attack on the court years later. Um sad, man. It's just a crying shame. The guy was a hell of a player that you never saw, basically. Most of us. Tanae Brown says, I should have watched the Suns instead of the Twins today. I was talking about all the Suns. Wow, what was I saying? I was saying Flop of the Century by Chris Paul. I'm cheering for the Suns, but that's pathetic. It's an absolute mockery and should be no part of the game of basketball. That was on June the 30th. Uh, Tanae was saying, I should have watched the Suns instead of the Twins today. I think the Twins lost like what was it, like 12-3, to 3, or was it 15-3? to 3? It was an insane score. Just got our asses handed to us. It was a joke. Um, and then I posted, yeah, I posted another one. I was like, it would be easier to cheer for Chris Paul if he wasn't such an ass. Beverly has become a first-class goon. Should have tried out for the Golden Knights. I'm, uh, he might be able to replace Ryan Reeves. Vegas born. That'd be the Golden Knights. Ryan Reeves of the uh, Golden Knights, yeah, like one of the, you know, the goon of that team who was injuring people during the playoffs. What the flip? Okay. I almost messed something up. Uh, this was the Bucks, and uh, yeah, when the Bucks got things rolling, I said we have a series, ladies and gentlemen, as, uh, yeah, not too long ago, just a couple of days ago, the series was tied up, and I was saying a series even, because it was a serious, 
And then Vince Germano said a serious series. It was. Yep, Bucks and Suns had tied up the series there, and the Bucks continue, at least by winning Game 5, heading in the right direction at this stage. Very cool. Very, very cool. I was saying, have I mentioned Drew? I love Drew Holiday. He is unbelievable. Always, always been a huge fan. If you don't believe me, check out my show the last 10 years, Bucks vs. Suns NBA Finals. Absolutely love him. Absolutely love Drew Holiday. Wouldn't mind if he was on the Wolves somehow, some way the past many years. I wish he was. Oh, I absolutely love him. I accidentally closed the Twitter, but I actually did get to the end of where I needed to be, so it's okay. Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. Facebook.com forward slizzash. Timberwolves Explosion, May 21st. I can't believe it's been that long. Episode 307, Playoffs Preview 2021. And there's no response there, so just likes, which is great. Thank you for the likes. Um, Adrian Wojnarowski, maybe you've heard of him, the Waj Bomb. Maybe you've heard of him, but probably not. I don't think you've heard of him. He's just he's just one of those guys who tweets too much. And, you know, he just throws darts into the dark. You know, he's just one of those. No, he's one of the guys who's always reporting everything and stuff. Yes, for the NBA. It's always something, and it's always big news. Uh, the complaint filed by Orbach, this would be a Timberwolves the minority owner, includes a significant revelation. Despite Taylor's public statements to the contrary, don't, don't you love that word, there's no provision in the $1.5 billion sales agreement with Mark Laurie and Alex Rod Frog, Rodriguez. Okay, I'm just kidding. Alex Rodriguez, look at me ripping one of the new owners of the team. <laughs> Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez. That requires the new ownership group to keep the franchise in Minnesota. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. There's no provision. Well, because there, there really can't be anyway. That's a thing. Well, at least Alex Rodriguez told a fan on Twitter that uh, that was saying, "Please keep our team in Minnesota," and he said, I, "And he said we will." So, I hope so. I, I hope so. Please do. A lot of us were afraid of the Wolves moving the team, and they never did. And they got their stadium and everything. Unfortunately, I hate to break it to you guys out there, the Timberwolves are going to need a new building. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. The Timberwolves are going to need a new building too, and that sucks. And then maybe we'll finally be done, and all, all but then, then the X will be 25, 30 years old, so then maybe that one will be not. Okay, I'm just kidding. I hope not. I hope that's it, but... Uh, yeah, it is what it is. You know what I love? It says three comments, and I only see two. I, I just love that. It just, I just love it. Okay, there it is. There's the reply. Tanae Brown, New Zealand, says, Sounds like a minority owner that wants out before Taylor, but can't do to the sale. Yep, that's what's going on. Um, I think this is overblown. There's a lot of money in expansion, as opposed to a relocation for the, relocation for the NBA. And the Wolves seem to have an up-and-coming star in Ant. That would be Anthony Edwards, of course. Someone the entire state can get behind. Minnesota is an incredible sports state, but won't tolerate losing. Start winning. The fans will come back in masses, especially if Ant can be, uh, become as special as we think. I doubt the Wolves move anytime soon. I don't think they will either. Uh, Mark Ellington was sharing to... Jules Posterino, welcome back, Jules. And he says, the lousy double dealer. Yep, he doesn't like Glenn Taylor. I, I don't blame you. Glenn Taylor has been showing more and more of a reputation of what a ruthless son of a biscuit he can be. Um, I just swore. No, I said son of a biscuit, just to be silly. Uh, Tony Brown. 
trying to think about kind of digest things here about the incredible sports state part it is kind of a bummer how fans stop going to games sometimes and I get that I get the frustration I actually appreciate that there's the other side though where it seems like a lot of fans see we don't tolerate losing but it seems like we do tolerate mediocrity here like, oh, KG's the best, he's the greatest, KG, KG, KG. I don't even call him KG. I just like to say Kevin Garnett. I don't know, maybe I'm maybe I'm too full of myself to say KG. I don't know. I'm, I'm not much of an abbreviations guy. I don't know. I just say the name. Um, but not even that being important. It's just the... We seem to tolerate mediocrity a lot more in this town than I like. That would be something I wish could change, like higher expectations. Like instead of just getting to, well, we made the playoffs. I'm not a we made the playoffs guy. I'm a let's, let's go, let's go, man. Let's go, let's do this. Let's go all the way. And I know everybody ultimately wants a championship, but let's want it more. Let's, well, let's want it more than everybody else, you know, instead of just kind of being okay with, oh, well, we, we won a playoff game, you know. We only, I mean, we lost in five, but at least we won a playoff game, that kind of thing. All right, let's move forward. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> So I'm, I'm kind of like in and out about us being a great sports town. Um, we can be, though. We certainly can. We certainly can. Timberwolves explosion, blah, blah, blah. Was that, uh, it's a report from Darren Wolfson. There's buzz now. Here it comes. That uh, It's from Pioneer Press. That uh, It's from Shooter, actually, and Wolfson was sharing it. Darren Wolfson, Darren Doogie Wolfson of... Uh, Score North and uh, KSTP was saying there's buzz now that Kevin Garnett who is said to be worth more than $200 million will be heavily involved in the Timberwolves basketball department if he enjoys, if he joins franchise investors A-Rod and Mark Laurie if and when they gain full control in 2023 the word is Garnett the what the heck okay the word is Garnett the ex-Timberwolf wants the franchise to remain in Minnesota but Rodriguez wants to move it to Seattle where he played for seven seasons. Interesting. Well, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, let's see what Darren says. Shooter bringing heat this morning, including continuing the idea that A-Rod wants to move the Timberwolves to Seattle. For, uh, to Seattle. for the record, I still think the uh, path to Seattle getting an expansion team. Uh, I'm more fascinated to see how the A-Rod-Mark Loray partnership plays out financially. Yeah, because it's, it's not a done deal. Like, um, it's going to be a slow-moving thing. A lot of it is they actually don't have the money to uh, make the major investment just yet. So that's the actual real talk here going forward with that. Tom Thibodeau won course of the year. Congratulations to Thomas. Tom Thibodeau, Quinn Snyder did not. Uh, six men, uh, let's go on. I'll move on with that. But the uh, MVP, I did nail that one. I was going to pick Quinn Snyder. I did nail this one, though. Nikola Jokic. Partially because I didn't want to see Steph Curry win it, and I don't really want Joel Embiid to either. Congratulations, Nikola Jokic. And yeah, he had a hell of a season, but unfortunately, like a lot of MVPs these days, they end up losing in the playoffs, kind of like the Wolves did, and it sucked. Uh, Tony Brown says, as much as I hate the Nuggets, pretty cool to have a, a center win it. Yep, and I hate the Nuggets too. They drive me nuts. Can't stand the Nuggets. And I can't stand the people upstairs either, but that's a different story. And it's different people, and I can't stand them either just tells you what apartment life is like. It's obnoxious. Um, pisses me off. I was saying Ball tops Edwards Halliburton. Edwards and Halliburton for NBA top rookie. So, yep. Lonzo Ball or Lonzo Ball. 
the, the better ball, actually, at the end of the day. LaMelo ball ends up getting the rookie of the year. But that doesn't mean he won't have a better career than Anthony Edwards. That's the good news. Danae Brown says, I hope it pisses off Ant, too. Come back with a vengeance. I agree. Uh, Levi says, unbelievable that nine of his votes were for third place. Isn't that crazy? Him being Anthony Edwards, third place. He's not third place. Are you crazy? What's wrong with those people? Next, much, much later now, almost in July, uh, report the Timberwolves badly. Well, this is uh, at the NBA Central. The Timberwolves badly want to trade for 76ers star. Star, we put that with parentheses at this point for, for now. Ben Simmons, Benjamin Simmons. Um, there's a bit of a comment going on here, and I lost every one of them. Great. All comments. Fool. And I was saying, make sure you guys comment on the post above. The one with State of the Timberwolves. Yep, because they were commenting on other things, but I do want all the comments here. Danae Brown was saying, it would be quite interesting to see how Finch uses him, him being Ben Simmons. It's just the reluctance to shoot that might deter Finch from wanting him. Vince Germano says, make it happen. Nicholas Simon says, still time for him to work it out, but I'm starting to doubt it. If he doesn't work it out this offseason, he never will. Nathan Lee says, should have chosen tennis. Oof. And then Nicholas responds back with possibly, or possibly, as uh, Vince would say, kind of joking around. Ah, as I sip more coffee here, sorry. <laughs> Had to kind of do a little, little bit of a uh, <laughs> dump button for a second. I had to sip that coffee. I apologize. Uh, I was saying it's time for State of the Timberwolves 2021. Please tell us your 2021 Timberwolves MVP. Biggest disappointment and your biggest surprise with a brief description as to why. Why? Just show the whole comments. Gosh. Okay, there you go. Vince Germano. Vinrock. Vince Germano says, All right, Joey, my MVP is a tad controversial. Uh-oh. But it's Anthony Edwards, and I'm not going to really get bad about that, am I? not going to get mad about that at all, actually. I'm happy to see that. <laughs> I'm very, very happy to see that. I thought he had a pretty decent rookie season in the seemingly yearly shit show that is the Timberwolves. Sorry. Disappointment was, surprise, surprise, Russell. Russell's injuries yet again. I mean, this guy injures himself brushing his teeth and won't play with a hangnail. Russell is closely followed by Carl Anthony Towns, our biggest disappointment for yet again just not being a driving force of changing things for the franchise. Biggest disappointment, I guess, was not hiring a proven coach like Jeff Van Gundy or Nate McMillan if they'd waited and put in an interim that could have gone for a coach like Carlisle or Doc Rivers. Cheers. Not Doc Rivers. Ugh, I, I'm tired of him, but maybe Carlisle... McMillan, what a success he had with the Hawks, getting them to the East Finals and almost the NBA Finals. Great job. Hopefully he can continue that, and it isn't just a one-year flash in a pan for Nathan McMillan. Um, I'm just messing around. Hmm. So mostly disappointments. I don't know if he had a surprise mixed in. Disappointment was surprise, surprise. Russell, that is kind of funny. Um, Maybe he was more surprised that the Wolves didn't hire a big-name coach, but I don't know. Maybe we can't nowadays. Finch looks good, though. Finch does look good. I, would you agree with that, Vince, that Finch looks good? Uh, and then there's, you know, Russell, suffer Russell. I just call him Russell. The guy that doesn't get hurt, Anthony Edwards, not Russell. He suffered an ankle sprain while well, working out with the Olympic team. His, you know, that was his role there, kind of 
some with some other young guys with a chance to you know for some learning experience and working out with the Olympic players, scrimmaging you know scrimmaging against them this and that that's the whole idea. You just kind of get better. You learn from all these uh, star players that are going to play in Tokyo apparently in front of nobody because we gotta freak out and shut everything down again. Woohoo! Um, God. Uh, but yeah, apparently he suffered a sprained ankle. Did Anthony Edwards, but no ligament damage. They say no ligament damage, which is, Amen, Hallelujah, thank, thank you, Lord, uh, and nothing else crazy beyond that. So that's a good, that's a good thing. Um, it's just hurts, got to heal, and uh, obviously no more, no more uh, with with that role this summer. Unfortunately for Anthony Edwards, it's a bummer because that would have been a nice, fun experience for him, I'm sure, and he can't now. Tanae Brown says that's a real shame. Had plenty to learn from some of the league's best, and amen. Yeah, that, that sucks, man. Looks like that's it, though, for fan interaction. So appreciate it. Oh, oh, wait a minute. What's wrong with me? I am terrible. I'm an asshole. I only read Vince Germano's uh, season wrap-up. Sorry, Stu and Tanay. I am coming, or Levi, pardon me. Tanay didn't do one? Tanay. Tanay, please, please write one if you can. Yeah, I will include it on any show it is. Today, I, I know you're busy, but please, please, I'd love to hear what you have to say about the MVP, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment. But Levi and Stu, thank you. Thank you, guys. Vince Romano, thank you. Thank you. I'm not going to just say, I want more people. I don't care about these guys. No, I care about these guys. <laughs> Damn right I care about them. Levi Brown says, MVP is Ant for living up to that number one pick position. Yes, he did. Showing superstar potential having a great attitude and staying healthy. Man, you nailed that like like this, right on the head. I can't, I can't imitate it. I need to get a sound bite for that, too. Disappointment was the injuries. Gah, yeah, the whole damn year. And the season just being generally poor. Other than that, other than a nice spurt when the playoffs were out of reach, yep, Ricky Davis style, right? Old Mr. April. You know, Mr. April, when the team is out at the playoff run and he scores 25 points a game, and then gets signed to a big contract and sucks the rest of his career. Doesn't care at all. Just doesn't care. Uh, sorry, let's say, go back where I was. Surprise is tough. I guess there wasn't really a choice, but I thought Saunders was going to get at least the full season. Finch, looks like he could be... Looks like he could do good things for us, though. I agree. I really like Chris Finch. Uh, let's get to Stu Benson. Nice uh, surprise join here. I really appreciate that. You had Lakers fan uh, joining on board. Thank you. And of course, a big part of the Courtside Podcast. Thank you so much, Stu. MVP is Edwards by a mile. You know, I really like the way you guys think. See, I was trying to be quote-unquote diplomatic bringing in Carl Anthony Towns. I should have just went hard on uh, Anthony. I apologize. Anthony Edwards is the future leader of the team. No question about that. Carl Anthony Towns really isn't... He, he's more of a... Like I was saying, I, I think I did... Yeah, I said this in the first segment. It's kind of like a B-plus personality, where Anthony Edwards is an A, and you need an A to be your leader. You need an A to be a leader. You know, if you're like a beta or beta-plus, you know, beta-plus is a little bit extra besides the beta. He's not like a flat-out beta like, say, Shved. Alexei Shved is a beta. <laughs> that guy couldn't, that guy doesn't lead anything. Doesn't want to. He just doesn't want to lead. Maybe, maybe some, you know, maybe some like C-League team in, in, in Europe or something. God bless him. Um, he, he might lead a team like that, but he, he just doesn't want to lead. Uh, whereas, Carl Anthony Towns has a little bit, but he'd, he'd be maybe a captain, not the captain. The captain is Edwards. Sorry, Stu, let's get back where I was and start all over. MVP is Edwards by a mile. The kid is a superstar in the making. His ceiling is huge. 
He's charismatic. Yes, you nailed it so good there. He's going to give you 100% every night. There's absolutely nothing to not like. He gets an A+. You get an A plus also, Stu. That was, that was awesome. And obviously, and the good news is there's more to read here. But that was awesome. Thank you, Stu. That really was good. Biggest disappointment is Towns still attempting six plus threes per game. It's just way, way too many. And if you watch the games, as far as I, uh, as I know, you do. A lot, of, a lot of them are because he's late and trailing into the offense, yet yet rewarding that laziness by jacking up a three ball. It's just not smart basketball from a center who, I mean, and he needs a coach who's bold enough to get him out of the habit. I think we may have that because luckily Finch is more of a big man type of coach and I like to have guys playing down in the middle and all that pick and roll and such. When Carl Anthony Towns plays down low, he's he's almost unstoppable. He just needs to keep doing that. Just use that body and like I believe I heard from, yeah, uh, Wayne Hunt in the past that he doesn't have a good body. You know, him being Carl Anthony Towns needs to be, needs to become, just, he needs to get in better shape. And I think that would be a huge, huge, uh, huge plus. I agree with the threes and the six plus threes per game. Like it's like eight or nine sometimes. There were games where I was literally like almost ripping my hair out. Whatever hairs I have left, by the way. I have like about 14 left. But whatever hairs I have left, I was willing to sacrifice them due to my frustration. Because Carl Anthony Towns was literally standing around the perimeter. Like a shooting guard does, like a like like a spot up shooter, like an Anthony Peeler. God, I hate to remember that, but yeah, a spot up shooter. Maybe somebody better than Anthony Peeler, like a Clay Thompson, who is a guy who's kind of waiting for the ball. Of course, he moves around, so whatever. A spot up three point shooter. That's what he was doing sometimes. Dude, go post up. Maybe maybe you can kind of cheat out if you see an opportunity. But like again, like Sue was saying, great analysis here. Of how, yeah, he's just kind of behind on the play. Oh, okay, sure, yep. Oh, I'm, I'm open because I was way back there, and now I'm at the at the arc. Get a little bounce pass and up and shoot, catch and shoot. And sometimes it's 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 nice. Catch and shoot shots are high percentage, especially when you're a tall guy. You can shoot over everyone, but don't just do it all the time. Yeah, I agree. You're, you're not a shooting guard, that kind of thing. Shoot threes, but not like nine a game, you know, 11 a game. It's kind of crazy. Stu, you're really nailing this. Uh, my biggest surprise is McDaniels. That would be Jaden McDaniels, of course. Always seems to put himself in the right place at the right time. Work in progress, but a steal, the 28th pick, which my Lakers should have kept. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a a pre-deal. I believe it involved my guy, who I wanted really badly at that position, Oturu. Um, and he wound up going to the other Los Angeles, the, the Clippers, the other like locker room or whatever you'd call it in Staples Center. Uh, he, he wound up going to the Clippers. And I was like, Jane McDaniels, I, I guess. I mean, he, yeah, yeah, okay, sure. I kind of was watching the video. Okay, sure. I kind of like this guy. But I wanted Oturu. Oh, I wanted Oturu. And still, it might, might end up being a spectacular steal. And if Jane McDaniels is on the Lakers, that'd be helpful, you know, especially in the next two or three years here. I uh, could really help those guys out in a big way, but thankfully we, we have him. Thank you, Lord. Hopefully we don't include him in a trade this offseason for Ben Simmons or something. I don't want to see Jaden McDaniels out of here. That would be a, a big loss. Big loss. I think you'd be losing. You know, eh, unless you're getting, you know, unless you're getting, you know, a Kevin Durant at age 23 or something, you know, you know, like in Jaden McDaniels was part of the package deal, then you might as well do that. But, uh, 
you know, like he's like a final piece of a package deal or something. But otherwise, I don't want Jaden McDaniels off the Wolves at the end of the day. Lots to talk about here. Really, 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 really enjoyed the show. Another mammoth show. It's how it is. Annual shows are big. I'm not going to, you know, I, I don't do the two-hour show thing during the regular season anymore. I remember how people got tired of it, even for guys that were friends. You know, they got tired of the show for a little while. <laughs> I, I won't say the name. You know who you are, the the names, and I don't blame you for that. Some of you probably got tired of it. They're still a good friend of mine. Um, they're from Australia. That's all I'll say. <laughs> but uh, they got tired of the overly long shows back in the day with me and Marcus, where we just banter back and forth forever. Um, nothing against me or Marcus. It was just too long. Um, but these off-season shows are going to be long on occasion, especially State of the Timberwolves. It's just the big annual granddaddy of them all. Plus, it's the first show since, what, the third week of May or something. So don't be too surprised that it's a little bit longer at the end of the day. Uh, really enjoyed doing this. God bless all of you for uh, keeping up with this show all these years. It's been a long run. It's been a long run, and I'm not going to retire anytime soon. As annoyed as I get with the politics of the NBA at times, I'm not going to retire. I'm not going to step away. I'm not going to let them win. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> I'm not going to let politics beat me out of uh, still doing the show and still talking about the sport I love, even if I don't like some of the players in the sport. <laughs> this and that are some of the attitudes behind the scenes, this and that. Um, sorry, I keep like, I don't know. I you, you probably think I just hate the league and hate everybody, but I don't. I don't. I just wish, yeah, uh, you know, I'm sure, sure I miss the old days. I, I miss the innocence of the old days. It wasn't as political back then. And I think some of the personalities were actually better, not worse. They were better. The Dominiques and the Michaels, the Larrys, the, the Chucks, the Shacks, you know. I miss all that, man. I miss it really bad. Uh, please do write a positive rating on iTunes if you could. It would be greatly appreciated. Those of you that have, thank you so much. And those of you in the future, thank you in advance if you could do that. It's feeling lonely and stupid lately. It's been a long time, actually, since there's been a review written on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, Stitcher, Stitcher is another place you can do it in Audible. Those are three apps I know that can at least you can at least write some type of review for the show on there. The other apps, I'm not sure, and if there is a way to do it, let me know. It would be greatly appreciated. Otherwise, please uh, call into the show sometime. It would be greatly appreciated. Audio submission. Just open the smart uh, in on any smart device on the planet. There is a free voice recording application. As I continue to stumble all over that, because I'm silly. Uh, just open it, press record, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, save it, and share it slash email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. This will be in the show description for MP3. Ah, that'll be in the show description right there for cut and paste, you know, possibilities, this and that. If you need to do that, it, it'll just help you out. Uh, reference, of course, the uh, Paladino Live referral for Vigit. Appreciate that in advance for those of you that may have done that. Otherwise, well, looking forward to the draft and free agency, this and that. Maybe the Wolves trade back into the draft. I'm thinking no, but something is going to happen. They are working the phones, blah, blah, blah. They're doing all of that in a big way. Something's going to happen. We'll be back on the air, obviously, to talk about the draft free agency, this and that, like we always do. It's just going to be later than normal because uh, it's, it's later than normal. The NBA draft is on my birthday this year. I would have never dreamt that. Uh, there was a pre, there was a well, not preseason, but kind of a bubble, like getting going again, exp, exhibition hockey game on my birthday in the NHL, Wild, Wild versus.
Colorado last year. That was weird and crazy as I was heading to Medicine Lake to, to swim and cool off. Really cool. Um, this year it's going to be the NBA draft, of all things, on my birthday. <laughs> pretty crazy, pretty funny, because it falls on a Thursday. Looking forward. So it'll be after that, of course. Sometime in early August we'll get caught up on things that have probably happened between now and then. Until next time, take care, and God bless you, everyone.